0: I've come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all on a bubblegum!
1: Astro Radio Z is a horror code exploitation film podcast by filmmakers, critics, musicians, journalists, and fans for the film obsessed. Here is your host,
0: Derek Terry. Can't fucking believe it, folks. It's been well over three years. We've done a number of other franchise episodes, and we just can't get away from the first one we did. Yes, you obviously can read. This is our episode we've been warning about for three years now. Witchcraft 14, 15, and 16 have been released. We have watched these things and now is the time we are going to talk about them with you. So you better sit down, grab the hardest fucking drink you have in that cabinet and get your finger powers ready. Cause we're here to talk some witchcraft. Today, the anticipation leading up to this episode has astounded me, (laughs) not only from the, the guests that I have on the show tonight, but also people reaching out to me via the Facebook group, the Facebook page, the Twitter. I cannot believe how anxious you sons of bitches are to hear me whine and bitch about witchcraft movies tonight. I, it is just astounding to me. Everyone could see, as I was posting on Instagram and posting here and there about how I've watched these movies and how painful of an experience this was for me, how like gleefully happy all my listeners were. I'm starting to wonder why I do this show. You guys wish pain upon me. I don't get it. Why? Why do you hate me this much? Why? I don't I don't like pain. I don't like being angry. I like joyous things. But here we are, nonetheless, ready to talk witchcraft. And I have most of the crew that were on the original episodes of the first 13 witchcrafts. I have Scott Davis, Mark the Movie Man, and back from the grave is Mr. Brian Curse, big gay horror fan. I'm so fucking excited. You are here, Brian. <laughs> Welcome back to Astro Radio Z. Thank you, man. I don't even care that this is a witchcraft episode. I, I'm, <laughs> I would, I will literally subtitle this the return of Brian Curse. <laughs> that's what this episode really, truly should be. Um, right. But also, I, I have brought on this episode because Glenn couldn't make it tonight. Scheduling this episode was absolutely fucking bonkers, in a headache, and uh, I, I, that's why we had a week off because we just couldn't figure it out. I mean, we all, <laughs> let's be honest. We're not kids anymore. We have lives. We have responsibilities. There are things that go on outside of Astro Radio Z, shocking enough as it is. We finally got it together tonight. Glenn will be on in little uh, like snippets. I'm going to record him elsewhere because the motherfucker watched these movies. I got to let him get this out. You know he's just wanting to like jab his eyeballs out. He's probably already has slid his wrists in a bathtub all by himself in his uh, bunker. So I got to At least before he's dead, I have to get him on this show. So you'll hear little snippets here and there throughout the show that I'll record later and bring in. Um, But I have brought on perhaps the biggest witchcraft super fan I have ever met in my entire life. He's been following us from the beginning of our witchcraft journey all those years ago. We got a hold of each other. He runs a witchcraft fan page, and has literally—I, I, you'll have to tell me if I'm wrong here, Dustin. He's yes. probably watched each of these new movies about ten times a piece.
2: Only three.
0: I want to welcome on witchcraft super fan and filmmaker in his own right, Dustin Hubbard. Welcome to Astro Radio Z. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be on. What is it about the witchcraft movies? that you love so goddamn much?
2: I, you know, I can't really pinpoint it. I remember renting the first one on videotape when I was a kid. And, you know, and it's, you know, low budget, crappy, gory. I just fell in love with it. And it became like this yearly thing where every year they were cranking a new one out. And they just kept getting, uh trashier and skeezier with you i just uh, i became obsessed with it and stuck with it ever since and it's and since like uh like the fan page says you know it's the longest running horror series in history so and 16 movies strong and hopefully many 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 more
0: oh oh my (laughs) gosh oh my god i i hope you know i i love your enthusiasm i love when people love something That means something good is coming about from any of this. That's, you know, even the worst art has its fans. And I can't like dog that, but I truly hope for all of humanity, (laughs) there are no more witchcraft films ever made. (laughs) But, but Dustin, for your sake, I hope there are. But for us here at Astro Radio Z, holy fucking shit. I, I mean, Jesus Christ! Oh my God! I don't. I. I I'm just going to keep listing off other biblical references. That I'm going to
2: slander. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you'll get a good nine-year span before the next one happens again. Yeah, maybe I'll have a heart attack in that time. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'll have a heart attack
0: in that time, but I won't have to watch those. And maybe, maybe uh, Scott Davis can take the mantle as the host of Astro Radio Z, and he can continue this on after mm. I die. Interesting. (laughs) It'll be nothing but horror porn parody episodes in perpetuity for the rest of your lives. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Done, right?
3: (laughs) Ratings will be awesome.
0: Oh my gosh, Scott. I know you haven't been on Astro Radio Z since you made your big move from uh, Florida up to Minnesota. You're up here, up north. Ah, uh, welcome to Up North. How you been hey. doing?
3: Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. You know, I'm do- I'm now like buckling down and trying to do like a job search thing and actually like try to like actually get like a decent work and everything going. And that's a stressful process. But everything and so that's always gonna be stressful. But you know, everything else has been great. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have the help of uh, two good friends down south who helped. You know get me on my way. And, uh, got, I came in, I got in, you know, invited into this house up here, you know, where people seem to welcome me with open arms and all the, I love the atmosphere more up here. And I just, I, I've been having, uh, just really enjoying kind of being in a better, uh, a situation right now. The funny thing is, is that, uh, Dustin and I were actually from virtually the same neighborhood down south we just never cross paths except through social media but uh i know a lot of i have a lot of old friends up here and i just have always enjoyed the twin cities and stuff and so uh i'm really happy to be here it's it's been really good
0: well that's great to hear it's funny that the only way you guys were brought together is now you're not you're not near each other
3: i know i don't i don't know why that is i don't know why i why i didn't like reach out more and do that i don't know uh i don't have a good explanation for that
0: you could have been re-watching witchcraft movies every week witchcraft i've seen i've seen dustin's collection he's posted it online it's insane you have a crazy collection of uh of b horror movies and stuff like that dustin
3: he's also a huge huge uh charles band full moon fan so
2: yes Yep. I'm a, yeah, I'm a huge collector, so huge witchcraft Huge full yeah.
3: moon boy. Oh, oh my god. So he was so he was probably digging our puppet master episodes too. Oh I Oh do. boy, yeah. we've been
2: we've
0: been in contact for a while. But let before we get too far down a rabbit hole, last but not least, I have Mark the movie man who literally has been texting me nonstop all day. I I did not think he was this excited. come on to this episode but mark the movie man is literally giddy to talk about these movies mark you uh, you sent me a picture before we came on air of you nearly hugging a whiskey bottle are you (laughs) actually drinking jack daniels right now i i sent you a picture just for proof just
4: how big that bottle is that i got for jack but you're not drinking it uh it's it's
0: almost cracked open right now it's sitting almost cracked open is nothing mark
4: Of course, I was also practicing forced perspective with that picture, and this is about 50 milliliters. So uh, this is like one of those hotel bottles, but
0: still. Damn it. it's not a fruit drink. Well, there you go. You have uh, completely shattered the illusion I have that you had a full bottle of Jack Daniels that you were going to drink.
3: It's a bottle
4: and it's full. It's fifty milliliters, but it's still a full bottle. This this
3: is is funny because I've got Angry Orchard, and I I, I, and that's like in comparison pretty hardcore. (laughs) (laughs) This
4: is still Jack Daniel's. This is still forty percent alcohol by volume. Thank you very much.
0: I'm going to imagine, Mark, that you are drinking a full handle of Jack Daniel's, and by time we reach Witchcraft sixteen, you'll be so drunk that you will start talking in Batmark voice and you <laughs> it's just gonna devolve into um insanity by the end of this so having said that let's stop all this nonsense and hijinks and let's get down to the motherfucking reason we're here let's start talking about witchcraft 14 angel of death released in 2017
5: I don't know, Rose. The article says that it's still under investigation, and the police don't even know what happened. What makes you think that you had anything to do with this?
1: Because she's the one Tom left me for. She sent me this really shitty email the other day, and I kind of cursed her.
5: What do you mean you cursed her?
1: I don't know. I was just, I was reading the email, and I started getting really pissed off, and the next thing I know, I'm screaming, damn you, Jenny Brooks, damn you to hell!
5: And I just... Felt something. No, you, honey, you just got caught up in the moment. I'm sure you had nothing to do with this woman's death. And you know, I think it's a really good idea that you and Tom aren't together anymore. He may have had something to do with this.
1: No, no, he had nothing to do with this. I'm sure of it. You don't know that. Okay, well, what about Christy Wallace or Rick Newsbond? Who? Remember Christy Wallace from fourth grade? She used to cut my hair and steal my snack pack at lunch. Is this the
5: little girl that burned your dress?
1: Yes, among other things. I wish she'd died dozens of times, and then when she didn't show up for fifth grade, we found out she died in a car accident with her mom.
5: No, honey, that's just a coincidence. If people died every time we wished them dead, they'd all be dropping off like flies.
0: So the wonderful story of Witchcraft 14, Angel of Death, concerns a lovely lass named Rose, who for some reason spends an awful lot of time in a dark room fondling pictures that she doesn't take. (laughs) And she finds out through looking through her laptop that her boyfriend is cheating on her with a local stripper. And when she gets angry, she inadvertently kills not only the stripper, but her boyfriend. She is worried by all, the sudden emergence of witchcraft powers. She tries to tell her mom, but her mom in the most annoying fashion possible tells her, don't talk like that in my house. Get out of here. Go to your room. And she's like, what, 25 or something. Yes. like Yes. Um, so inadvertently, in some way, a psychic link is tied between her and a local witch coven that runs their uh, their coven out of a yoga studio. They send a, a half-brain-dead uh, minion over to try and <laughs> lure Rose over to their coven. And then from there, once she gets to the coven after Rose's mother is kidnapped, she finds out, that there are far more nefarious things going on with the yoga coven than what they initially seen. Witchcraft 14, Angel of Death, which we know now, I've, I've warned you about this in the past, folks, uh, and, and Dustin, I, I, I want to hear far more behind-the-scenes hijinks because I'm sure you know way more than I do. These, these films were shot back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, and I believe the span of two weeks... With a very, very minuscule budget. And boy, oh boy, does it show. <laughs> boy, oh boy, does it show. Now, now Dustin, what do you yeah. know about um, how these movies came to be? Do you know anything about how David Sterling got this together and, and decided to shoot this back to back to back?
2: To degrees, yeah. I know that uh, Sterling had... Jerry Pfeiffer, who is the franchise owner, and he's still on very good terms with Jerry. I think Jerry's roughly maybe about 94 now. He doesn't really do a lot of uh, hands on film stuff, but he still owns a lot of properties and has this company, Vista Street, which produced witchcraft. And he had, I guess, had a meeting with Dave, and, you know, it was discussed, you know, hey, you know, we could do a new witchcraft. And I guess, you know, They were talking about the idea of just maybe doing a couple of projects back to back. And Jerry, I believe, was the one who was like, why don't we just do three witchcrafts and, you know, use the same cast and crew and just bang them all out. And that way we have three more of them. And, uh, you know, Dave (laughs) said, sure, why not? And shot them out. And I guess it was June of. uh, Goodness, got it something June of 15 and shot them out for, I believe, about nine, nine to 10 days straight. With one day off in the middle for, I want to say the budget was somewhere around eight or nine grand. Holy shit. The whole thing, all three of them, all three of them back to back. I could be wrong. No, oh, shit. <laughs> I could be wrong, though, but um, that's that's what I've heard. Yeah,
3: so, even if it, even if it was just eight or nine grand apiece, that's a, that's wow. Um, It definitely shows.
0: All of these, all of these movies look like they were done in one location, regardless of the fact that they're all supposed to take in various places like there are multiple exterior still shots that are used to show where we supposedly are there's a badly photoshopped uh, still of the outside of a hotel there's a there's a still that they they go from day to day for night the house that Rose lives in. And then there's another, it, it's not a still, but it but it is like the same shot of a yoga studio that's barely, like, it's not even a level shot. It's just like somebody, hey, quick, we got 30 seconds, shoot the outside of this, this uh, yoga studio. And we just cut between all these various places. All of the backdrops look the same. The floors all look the same. Lutz and Garner are back in this, and they have... Uh, a cop shop where literally it's nothing but eight by whiteboards, bounce boards taped together in a corner <laughs> with a, with a coffee table in between for them to sit at. It is literally the productions are beyond cheap. Uh, Brian walking into this. What did you think when you first started watching witchcraft 14?
6: Definitely. I noticed the, uh, fact that it was put together with a stick of gum and a dime um but you know what dude i, I actually found the performers uh that's what i generally go to is the performers i kind of liked molly doherty a lot I, I can't say she's a boss actress but i thought she had some presence which a lot of the actresses in the original series did not have True. So I at least thought she had some presence and um, could actually maybe even go someplace. You know, I, I think she's got enough going for her. Um, I really enjoyed her. Uh, I'll be honest. This first one, I, I was very, um, didn't feel there's a lot going on there to, to, to draw me in. I actually liked, uh, the, the, the next two much much better so I at least thought the scripts for 15 and 16 had a lot going on in, in them, and then there was some humor and stuff like that but and there's someone else. <laughs> but yeah that, that's that's my main thing I, I really dug Molly Doherty and I think that's uh, you know my main impression of, of this first one you know
0: yeah if we're going to talk about actresses I actually thought if anybody gave a good performance it was Berna Roberts
6: who played Lutz in all three of these, it was, she was solid. She was a little over the top. I thought, um, I, I thought the spanner dude was the worst spanner there's ever been. I, I he was mm. horrible.
0: You, you mean Mr. Guyliner? Yes. <laughs>
6: <laughs> Poor Ryan Cleary. I thought he was, I thought he was decent when he was kind of playing himself in 16. I actually kind of enjoyed him. I know I'm probably jumping the gun here, but yeah, I, I thought no, 14 <laughs> and 15.
0: Well, again, like we said, Lutz and Garner are back in this for completely no reason whatsoever. They, they add absolutely nothing other than a few boob flashback sequences from earlier movies. Um, but in general, they add nothing to the story. They're, they're just investigating this string of murders. And then they just disappear for a good three quarters of the movie and pop back at the end. They, they serve no purpose.
3: That's not fair because you you remember that uh, Garner there, after many, many attempts, manages to shoot two of the uh, cult minions who are unarmed and standing still and say, yes, got one.
6: (laughs) After about five tries. Were they just in that last scene too? Like people just appear or disappear. Um, My big thing was Sharon, who is kind of like the – who I actually kind of enjoyed as well. I kind of dug Noelle Van Brocklin. I didn't think she was the greatest actress on the planet, but, but that's, that's being kind.
0: That's being kind. Not yes. be the greatest actress on the face of the planet.
6: Yeah. But, um, she obviously, in that last sequence, knows that, um, the mom's been kidnapped. And, uh, then she's accepted back and like, like plays innocent after that. And I was like, I was like, Rose knows she knew that. Yes. <laughs> kidnap the mom, she forgives her. I, there's just things, and I and, and what's brings me back to, the, to those two minions. I was like, I didn't notice them until that final scene. Were they in the f- film earlier?
2: The female minion is actually in the yoga okay. class. That's right. Okay. She's yeah, the one she, that isn't she the one that
0: makes the comment to the pervy yoga dude.
3: No, yeah. she's the one that says, uh, yeah, that's not mucus.
2: <laughs> yes,
3: and oh. uh. It might be jumping ahead a bit to go to that ending, but uh, those two, those two, I think that when we were talking about it, we said that um, they were YouTubers, you said? What, yes. one,
4: One of them is, for sure.
3: Well, they're, the, they're the worst thing in the movie.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I, will, I will say that they definitely stuck out because the one guy who goes by, I think, Wet Movie 1, I believe his handle is – he he literally is playing so obnoxiously up front, like, look at me, look at me, that it just takes you – I can't believe I'm going to fucking say this. It takes you out of the movie.
3: Well, he he played it like it was a trauma movie was the problem, is that that was the performance that would be really good in a trauma movie because it would fit with a trauma movie. It does not fit with this. No. It was – you know as much as you know we're not we uh, as most of us probably weren't enamored with these movies i don't like people who come in to a production and then just make an ass out of themselves and And just do whatever the hell they want and i think it's a slap in the face to everybody else who's working on it and i think that that's what was happening here right
5: yes cutter cutter now i love the sight of blood in the morning
4: (laughs) brendan mitchell though the Guy, we're talking about the one warlock guard right who who just yes. appeared at the end he's he's actually in a lot of uh indie micro budget stuff uh i've run across him a number of times him and sean C. phillips uh both show up quite a bit in uh indie productions so um i don't know if they just they're they're it's because of the area where they're at where these are being produced but they show up quite a bit actually so they're not just youtube they're they're quite uh, prevalent throughout a number of indie uh, horror films.
3: Well, it was the wrong, it was absolutely the wrong note to strike here.
0: Mm-hmm. Which is uh, it's funny to me, but let's before we get so caught up at, with the end of this movie, let's go back to the beginning of this movie. Let's start where it begins, which is a five minute long credit sequence, straight out of a video toaster, with stock footage being just grabbed out of a bag. And then, in true witchcraft fashion, you know we've arrived, folks. A horrible still graphic of the witchcraft title flashes (laughs) on the screen. I had chills and cold sweats. It, It reminded me of all of the other witchcraft movies. And I was like, oh, no, what have I done? We are back. They were so cheap that they couldn't even just put witchcraft in graphics They had to grab that shitty
2: stock still of witchcraft. (laughs) That generic title card is like the, uh, it's one of the, uh, I don't know. I always find that quite charming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I always think, at least in the other episodes, Mark always had something to say about these title shots. Mark, when this popped on the screen, what ran through your head? I was like, okay, they're
4: either paying homage to it or uh we're in for something interesting uh as far as uh the production value goes and and it ended up being more of the latter uh yeah well the five credit you know the five minute credit sequence alone it's just it's like i understand but man after a while you're just like is the story going to start anytime soon and then yeah
0: that we should we should remind the listeners that this is a trilogy of movies that were shot back to back to back. And the vast majority of these movies are fucking padding. So the first five minutes to have a credit sequence, well, you better hold on to your fucking britches. Cause the next movie, a good 20 minutes of that movie is nothing is credits in a replay of this movie. So, Holy shit, this sets a precedent that you better get ready for. Five fucking minutes of nothing credits. The credits have nothing to do with anything. Literally toasted uh, shots of logs in just fucking nonsense. Just nonsense. But anyways, (laughs) after the five minutes of credits happen, we go straight into uh, the Rose character who, like I said I guess before, is, is a photographer in a subplot that goes nowhere because she never takes out a fucking camera, yet she's always putting photos into solution for some unknown reason. Um, she's rummaging through her man's text on a computer that, of course, has a pentagram on it and finds out he's poking a local stripper. Due to finding out that, she's, uh, that her man's poking this local stripper, uh, Rose casts this angry spell and the stripper starts spitting blood out of her mouth and twitches for three minutes straight with bad toasted effects over top of her.
3: Which and, is messed uh, up. Uh, I'm sorry, can I just say that that's messed up? Because the whole reason to have her flop around is so that you could actually kind of get, I guess, some kind of thrill over seeing the naked person flopping around and like around on the, the bed. but. Okay, but she's supposed to be dying. You're not it's not really something that you should be really that excited about, you know. When that happened, I was just kinda like, huh, that's uh yeah, that that's the wrong tone. <laughs> so
0: well, it doesn't help the fact that immediately afterward when Lutz and Garner show up to investigate the crime scene, he sits leaning on the bed, staring at her for like five minutes and has a, a flashback recollection of all the other tits he had seen in all the other movies.
3: Two of them. they The unforgettable tits. If only they had gotten the rights to play To All the Girls I've Loved Before. (laughs) Oh, my God.
1: To all the girls I've loved before
5: Who've traveled in and out my door I'm glad they came along
0: It was just like, what the fuck are they going for here? Now, um, speaking of, you know, this whole scene where the stripper is is getting off with this witch power, all of the witch powers in these movies, all three of these movies, but let's talk about Witchcraft 14 in particular, are all cheap stock After Effects motion filters and generators that don't even match up with where they're supposed to be originating from. They just look like they, they dragged, put it on the clip, and let it run. And it, it it literally looks like the least amount of effort possible was put into posting this stuff. Um, let's move on to Lutz and Garner, who we made reference to having numerous boob flashbacks. Um, I actually quite enjoyed Lutzen Garner. In these movies, uh, shockingly enough, even though they meant nothing in this movie, they were actually two of the best actors in it. And they had actual chemistry. Brian, what did you think coming back to see this new set of Lutz and Garner?
6: You know what? I have a soft part. Uh, a soft part. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's no good for these movies. I definitely <laughs> have a soft part watching these films because there was no male butts. But um uh, I have a soft spot for Stephanie Beaton. So yeah. I, I did miss her a bit. I can't remember anyone who played the Garner character from, the, from those films. In fact, when they were doing the flashback from the old films, which we all watched, I couldn't remember which film was what or what was going on when no. this, this series, when they, when they showed uh, you know flashback sequences from the other films. Uh, but I liked Brenna Roberts. I thought she, would, she went a little over the top here or there. Obviously, hearing that they filmed these all in two weeks... There was probably one and i kind of got that there might be some really awesome performers here but they probably only got one take if that you know oh, totally uh which and no direction i'm sure or, or very little um but but i enjoyed them i enjoyed them i, I enjoyed them and, and the rest of the cast particularly i know i'm jumping ahead in and, and 16 as well when they were kind of playing themselves but yeah i, I thought there was some good chemistry um uh I, I thought for probably the little direction that she got and um you know the little time that they had to put things together that, that this bernard roberts did a good job in fact i even went and looked her up on imdb and you know just to check out what she'd done and she'd done quite a bit so yeah thumbs up yeah i was quite shocked by
0: these two but the rest of the the dialogue is so stock and so ridiculous mark what did you think of garner and lutz this time i i dug them yeah they were a
4: high point in the film as you're trying to find some and yeah they they seem to be the ones i'm not going to say that not everyone else was trying but it just it had the most on-screen chemistry and characters that i actually were kind of attached to out of all of these i wanted to see more of them actually because they they were interesting, you could tell they were having some fun with this, but yet they were taking the roles and making the most of them. Uh, and like you said, some of the lines that they get, they I think they either maybe ad lib a little, or they just uh, it's just the way they deliver them uh, compared to a lot of the other line deliveries in here. Uh, you know, it makes them stand out. So yeah, overall, I, I like them. Uh, they it they felt almost like they were carryovers from the characters that we knew in the original, very close out of anybody here. Will Spanner, you know, he changed, like people changed his socks during the franchise. So that one you don't get too attached to, but these two, yeah, they they felt like the, the most, uh, I guess, worked on characters. Maybe, maybe they put most of the, uh, trying to make sure that they got those characters right, for sure, because they've been so iconic throughout the series, even more so than Spanner, I think.
0: Well, Spanner literally, I I think Lutz, Garner, and Spanner are really only in this movie to tie it to the rest of the movies. Dustin, what did you think uh, of how Lutz, Garner, and Spanner were handled in this compared to the rest of the series?
2: For Lutz and Garner, I thought, you know, I I really enjoy Berna Roberts a lot, and I've seen a good number of her previous movies, and I think she's a fun actress. I thought I I was actually really excited to hear that she was going to be taking over for Stephanie Beaton because um, I thought there was some promise there, and I I wasn't sure about the guy that was going to be playing Garner to begin with but uh once i finally sat down and watched the movies i actually really enjoyed them as the the detectives a lot i thought they had fun they overall i don't think that they you know a lot of times with these movies they tend to plug those characters in i believe just because it feels like it's something they feel like they have to do, which I'm okay with because I enjoy the characters. But um, they I thought they were actually a really good pair. I, I enjoyed watching them. They made me laugh a lot. And, you know, I I didn't think I would like someone comparably to Stephanie Beaton because I'm a huge Stephanie Beaton fan. But uh, I thought Berna gave the role a run for its money for what it was worth. I mean, even though they didn't, weren't really given a lot of great material to – work with as far as story and character
0: yeah i gotta agree she the one thing i noticed with her was when they did like medium close-ups or close-ups of her nobody it's obvious that the budget was cut for uh makeup and, and stuff and they probably did their own makeup and hair because nobody could have bothered to actual give actually give her hair a quick brush through because yeah. it was kind of all over the place it's a tough so. job yeah uh, oh i'm sure they didn't i'm sure catering was all of here here's a few cheese sandwiches and uh make yourself up and wear whatever you have from home because it was obvious in all of the people's uh uh wardrobe throughout all of these movies uh, but uh spanner what did you end up thinking about spanner
2: in the scope of the entire franchise i think he was actually the weakest will spanner of the bunch i didn't understand i i'm a big proponent of having will be a major character in the story personally and it felt like he was attacked on idea kind of like lutz and garner were so he didn't really serve any purpose they'd just be you know going in to investigate something and they'd just be like oh hey will you know and he'd just be you know uh, he'd just like poof in and out of scenes like some like paranormal you know like a paranormal nib nose basically he didn't have any purpose he didn't have any backstory he wasn't a lawyer anymore he was just some strange acting and eye bugging eye movements
0: i have no idea why will spanner's in this movie at all brian would you agree this is probably the worst will spanner of the entire series
6: yes and because i'm a nice guy i will say that i did enjoy this actor in part 16, which we'll get to, um, I thought just playing himself, he was a lot better. <laughs> it's a lot that they were just running around. They had no time. Um, obviously, the the director didn't give a fuck. There was one scene where he is just wretched. And when, the, so, when one of one Spenner's associates is murdered, yes. and he's got like fake cry. <laughs> and it's very obvious he can't cry, and he gets all whiny. And I was like, just out of humanity, like kindness to another human being, why the director didn't take a moment and go, you know, why don't you just pay, play, downplay this, you know, just go at this naturally, do it with a sense of confusion, with a sense of shock, but the whole whiny and cry, I, I thought it was just cruel to this dude, actually, to this Ryan Cleary, to let him appear on screen. <laughs> it was just so bad. He, he couldn't get that emotion out there. And I almost have to blame the director on that. Just you should have taken a look at that. You had enough time dude. to do another on that and, and talk to the dude and go, just just do it straight face, dude. Just get the words out and let's move on. It, it was just awful. So I'm almost going to cut him a break and say I think that's part of the director and just the pace that they had, too. So.
0: I also think it's, it's part of the script itself was that he literally is just there to recite exposition we already know And the scene you were referring to is halfway through this movie, he introduces his pal Greta to the cops to Lutz and Garner. And, um, Obviously, Greta has a t- ties to the cult because she wears a Rush pentagram necklace. <laughs> um, and uh, late, all of a sudden, you know, this Greta character is introduced for this one scene. Then a burglar breaks into her apartment in a separate scene, and, and stalks her out of focus and jump cuts to her bed, and then. She gets, she gets snuffed, so why she was even introduced into the movie I have no idea, it was just padding, and then, yeah Spanner lets out the worst, weeniest Darth Vader no <laughs> that you possibly could ever have well,
7: I
1: have some bad news what is it? it's about Greta she's passed away what?
3: No, this can't be not. <laughs> it's the worst. It's um, the um, this. Oh, my God. It was horrible. It was he was he he absolutely was the worst. And, you know, when Will Spanner first comes on screen, I'm like, I made comments. I think that like he is considering. Like the type of rugged character they tried to make him into in the later movies, where you know he starts out as like a teenager in these movies, but then they try to make him into like this rough and tumble, you know, detective. I mean, he's a lawyer and he's doing this, he's doing that. And this one, he was like very, like a short, effeminate person. But I think you know, even that judgment is that's not fair, that's not fair because you could still because that could still be a valid hero. This guy never seems formidable, he lets out this. Greta dies. He lets out this, no! Why? And he's like, how is this guy a a hero? First of all, because very inconsistent, because how many other people have died in his presence in the other movies? And he's like, nah.
2: (laughs) He doesn't care, really. One interesting thing to note with that Greta character, too, is some of her part got cut out because I've read the scripts and... They talk about how she's this, you know, old friend of Will's, and then, you know, at one point Garner even says that sweet old lady. In the script, she was supposed to be 600 years old, but then she
3: they cut back. stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they didn't shoot it.
2: You know, questionable, yeah, but they. She was supposed to have more backstory, and that character just completely got milled down to nothing, and then she got smothered with a pillow.
3: As 600 as 600 year old witches are apt to have done <laughs> yeah. you
2: know Will always has a, a stock collection of random old friends and people that he's known that he always reconnects with in these movies that we've never seen or heard about this is just one of any
3: that's surprising uh, the, the thing about I mean because that that would would have connect given him more of a connection that would have given him more thing but everything he does he Will always comes off as very, very confident, very cocky, even though he's terrible. He lets the yoga studio stand without any investigation. He does nothing but jump to conclusions and provide exposition. And he seems like such a weenie throughout the movie. It's not, you know, it's that he's just like this easily withering, like milk toast person. Uh, he seemed like the type of kid who would uh, narc on someone for giving him two for flinching in school. He really just seemed, <laughs> <laughs> he just seemed like this the type this type of person where you could just say boo and make him cry. So I don't know how he's fighting, you know, a uh, thousand year old warlocks in this movie. He's just, the the performance just from the get go was off. Uh, Brian says he likes him in sixteen. We'll get to sixteen. There was, certainly was a different performance than what he's giving in 14 and 15, but I never got around to Ryan Cleary, I'm afraid.
0: I think all of the actors have a much different appeal in 16 than they do here because if we're going to talk about other actors that are just absolutely dead to the world, uh, I got to say Noelle Van Brocklin in this movie is just torture to listen to. I don't know... <laughs> what was going on, but she just looks like she's barely awake in this movie. And she, every time she talks, she looks, and I'm sure, and this probably isn't the case. She looks stoned the entire time. There's, there's a scene where she, she's making grabbing motions by her chest, like she's grabbing fake boobs to illustrate that Rose's powers are manifesting by anger. Uh, I just, every single time that she's on the screen, I was just like, oh, please. Kind of like Roxy in uh, part, uh, what was it? 13. Who we keep seeing, surprisingly, Roxy and Will Spanner from 13 Pop up more than Will Spanner in this movie, in any of these (laughs) movies. Their fucking scene where she's like fist pumping in the air and all that bullshit. There's more of that in these three movies than there is Will Spanner.
3: But the other thing that got me about Will Spanner in this movie was that, correct me if I'm wrong, but at the end, it has been a couple years, but at the end of 13, did we not actually end on a pretty interesting cliffhanger regarding the will spanner character that his allegiances might change well he fucked his sister
0: and then we didn't know if he was going to be the bad guy or not
3: and that was kind of an interesting way to go after all this time and then at the beginning of this movie now they just forget about it we'll just Ugh. we'll just use that for stock footage we'll pretend it's somebody else's parents
0: yeah <laughs> again uh again scott why are we worrying about continuity Why is that a concern?
3: I was, you know what, it it was one of the, it was one of the things that I remembered from the earlier movies that I was really interested in that I thought like, okay, well, I at least am curious to see where this goes. But then, nothing, you know, there's just nothing.
0: (laughs) Well, you missed, you missed the boat in that shimmering opportunity you had to write the script (laughs) for the next one. And you could have sent it to David Sterling, and I bet you he would have produced that goddamn movie. Curses. So I, I, I,
3: I missed, uh, I missed selling a script for a free lunch at In-N-Out Burger. Well,
0: <laughs> there, as Justin said, I'm sure there'll be 15 more movies that are made, so the opportunity's not done yet. All right. The door's still open. So anyways, let's move on to a couple more uh, of the characters and some of the other plot points before we just wrap this up and give general thoughts on this. We have the yogi who turns out to be the big bad of this movie, who's nothing more than a dude in a track suit. Um, He does nothing more in the in the entire movie than rub his hands together and talk to some creepy voice on this on the phone. I really don't know what else to say about this movie, to be honest, there's there it literally is nothing but a build-up and a quick ending like it just builds up you feel like you still aren't getting the story you don't know what what's all what is this all moving towards you're building up this rose character to be like this powerful uh young witch and it culminates in the most ridiculous finale of Finger Powers where the the big bad uh, Rose is like zapping him with finger lightning and he's going, I can take it! Give it to me! And it's just the most stupid and it just ends. It just fucking ends. This movie is a big load of nothing, Mark the Movie Man. In, in general, how did you feel the structure of this was and did you feel like this was even a story at all? knowing that they were
4: shooting these all back to back to back, it ended up falling for me into what I was afraid it was going to do. And it just, it, it felt rushed. There, there wasn't, it, it, it you're right. The, the narrative was, was tough to follow. I mean, when Lutz, if I remember correctly, this is the one where when the cops show up, they actually let someone go. It's, they just, Oh, they're running up. They know this place is evil, and oh, oh, just there they go. Bye. We'll let her go. Uh, you know, I mean, there uh, characters popping in and out, and yeah, it. You could see the potential here, and I think that's what got to me when I when I watched this and realized what we were getting into. Is I'm like, there was a real opportunity here to possibly turn some things around with this series. I think if they would have taken the same amount of time and shot one film versus trying to shoot three right away. I think you could get something that could have maybe turned around and made, you know, maybe help you forget some of the uh, really bad that has come out of the franchise. But unfortunately you couldn't quite tell if they were parroting or if they were giving an homage to the rest of the franchise, at least that was my whole point uh, difficulty i had with it was i'm like are they trying to be funny with this or are they trying to make a you know a a serious entry into the the franchise and so when by the time it ended i still didn't have the answer and so i was just left with going okay it just it just ends i'm like all right move on
0: (laughs) yeah I don't know if there really was anything they were trying to communicate. Of all of the three, I have to say that this possibly had the clearest story. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. It's it probably the only one that actually had kind of it building to something. So I don't know i I really don't know what to to say I, I, if I was going to tell you what my overall thought of this movie was that it was it, it was a very oh man it was it sucked it, it sucked <laughs> to sit and watch this because it just was like it was a load of nothing. none of the actors looked like they wanted to be there. the story is half baked. The set it looks like it was literally shot for two cents um and for having it shot on a dslr there were certain instances where it actually looked kind of cool but then the vast majority of it is, is just like it literally looks like it was only shot with two flat lights shining over everything in a white room there's no art decoration It's just a lot of people, two shots of people talking to each other about stuff nobody gives a flying fuck about. Witchcraft 14, Angel of Death is just like an hour and 10 minutes of your life that gets sucked away. So let's go ahead and let's give final thoughts and whether or not we'd recommend this one. Brian, when all was said and done, is there anything else you want to talk about with Witchcraft 14 and how'd you come out on this thing?
6: No. And I survived it. So I think I came out. Okay. I think i came okay. Like I said, I liked Molly Doherty. I, I think she had uh, a, a nice presence and I actually enjoyed watching her and I would really love to see her in more B movies and horror films and whatever, but that was about it. I, you know, this one didn't, um, do much for me. Mark, the movie, man.
4: Uh, i got i was disappointed i actually kind of went in going okay let's see we got an opportunity here to maybe have a little more fun uh and at the end i was like what did i watch and and what were they truly going for i mean there were bits and pieces throughout this film where it started to show a little promise a little light for me but it it never flourished it, it was there and gone and so in the end unfortunately you know if you're a completionist i would say okay check out that one and you know we'll get to the others but uh, for those who are wanting to pick up and then get into the series don't start with this one definitely just go to the beginning and and muscle through them because this one may turn a lot of people off for first-time viewers to the franchise and there are there are bits and pieces that I enjoy, but overall, no, i couldn't I couldn't really recommend this film,
0: Man, I couldn't recommend any of these movies
3: to try to talk to somebody and to get it into this. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Scott Davis. oh, it it's terrible. I mean, you watch it, and i if it's if I'm not mistaken, somehow it manages to be letterbox, but non anamorphic. Uh, my YouTube videos are anamorphic by default. I don't know what I'm doing. It just happens, so I don't know how you. Yeah, this happens anymore. Uh, the bad effects, the horror, the evil yoga studio, which of course is supposed to be white magic, but it's really black magic, but it shouldn't surprise you that it's black magic because they're openly trying to like mind control and harm people as they're telling them that they're the good guys. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, terrible acting, terrible everything, uh, weird sound mix, uh, whiny people. Uh, lame force lightning it's I, I i i and thank and thank you brian for mentioning the huge plot hole that's going to follow through into the next movie which is that sharon comes up like oh i had no idea like we we know she's evil and rose knows she's evil i don't get this now, it yeah. was a terrible movie i mean i don't know how you how this happens where you have such continuity or such problems. I was so looking forward to these movies And right, and as, like, halfway through this one, I'm like, oh, God I was a fool <laughs> so, I
0: told you, Scott I told all a, of you There was, was no way Three movies shot the curse in the course of two weeks Now that it's confirmed all three of them Cost $9,000 There's no way these motherfuckers are gonna be
3: good It was bad It was a really bad movie, so I'm gonna say abs- No, 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 no I left Dustin for last
0: because I want I want him to be able to get out everything he has. Dustin, when you watch this thing, what did you walk away with? What'd you think of this?
2: I with this new trilogy, I'm going to be the one who's different. I actually enjoyed part fourteen best of all three of them personally. Uh, going into it, I thought it had a lot of promise. I know, you know, despite some of the low rent uh, (laughs) effects and some of the questionable acting by different people, I thought the story was an interesting setup. Uh, I think it's just kind of bogged down by some people, you know, like uh, the Molly Doherty is Rose. I thought she was a pretty I didn't think were a proper support for her. Uh, I think one major problem with a lot of the later witchcraft films is the fact that they don't have a solid memorable villain and i never thought that samuel as the yoga instructor guy was uh memorable or scary i didn't think there was anything really uh threatening feeling about him so it fails as far as having a great villain but I I thought the story was interesting. I didn't think the yoga studio was a great spot to necessarily base a lot of the action out of. But um, in the end, I think my major problem with it is is that when movies are shot, this is literally nothing but a springboard to go into 15. So it just has kind of a flat, you know, uh, non-ending where nothing's really resolved and you're just left hanging. So it's not even like its own standalone film to me, which kind of is... Irksome as a fan, but I i enjoyed it for what it was worth. But it's got problems.
0: <laughs> that, that's putting it lightly. And I, I agree with you. We've kind of talked about this in the past where when there's these movies that are shot back to back to back, they literally are nothing more than one movie that's been stretched out over two movies or three movies or whatever. So you're only getting a part of the story. And This suffers so badly. I agree with you, Dustin. This is the best movie of the three we're talking about tonight. (laughs) That's what I think. I don't know about the rest of you dudes, but I think this is the best movie of the three. And I said it fucking sucks. So you better fucking (laughs) pull up your leader hose folks. (laughs) Because man alive, it's going to get way rough after this. But yeah. Part 14 is literally nothing but a setup for part 15. And let's go ahead and shut the door on part 14 and lose. let's move right on into the next one, Witchcraft 15, Blood Rose.
1: Okay, seriously, do my bidding. Damn it!
5: Hi, Sharon. Tara said you wanted to see me? Oh. Hey, Rose. Come over here. Aradia be praised. How is my favorite student? I'm your favorite? Well, don't tell Tara or any of the others that. But yes. Why is that? Oh, don't be so coy. You're a very
7: powerful
5: woman. You're probably going to be sitting behind that desk one day, running this branch of the Coven. Isn't that something you want? I don't know what I want. Do I have to choose now? Oh, of course you don't. I'm sorry if I seemed a little bit pushy. I'm so excited for you.
3: I just got oh, go that. Ahead. I just got that blood rose. <laughs> it, took me, it, took me, it took me two viewings in this long to get that. Get <laughs> I, what? I, I, think I, I, I think they melted my brain. <laughs> that they were referring to the
6: title character? Yes. No, dude.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he was so going. <laughs> <over> <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh.
4: I oh wasn't my alone God.
0: in it, thank God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that's definitely staying in the edit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> that's what we should It's a great way to segue into this. Um, As I said before, the movie, these movies are based on padding. If anything else, it's how do we take the, the little amount of footage that we shot over the course of two weeks and stretch it into three movies. And I think of all the movies that suffer due to the fact that these were shot back to back to back, it has to be Witchcraft 15. The the runtime is an hour and twenty-one minutes. But the entire opening section of Witchcraft 15, which takes place immediately after 14, uh Samael has been vanquished, and uh Sharon and I believe Tara, who is another one of the witches that were part of the yoga coven, uh, they are leaving. Uh, The studio, the yoga studio, in order to escape from the mega finger power battle that's going on inside of uh, the yoga studio. And this movie pulls a puppet master axis of evil where it uses the end sequence of 14 and then decides to shoot new footage and add to that sequence to make it seem like now we're getting a different angle of the of that scene. So the whole opening section of 15 is the ending of 14, but with additions through the eyes of the Sharon character. This thing is 10 minutes long. So you're essentially seeing something you just watched. Again, a whole 10 minutes worth. I literally once this started and, and that, this is before the credits. The credits haven't even fucking started. You want just watch 10 minutes of something you just literally watched. And then the opening credits start and it's stock music over another stock title card and stock footage that means nothing, which means and it lasts for like two and a half minutes. So it means 12 minutes of this movie are already completely useless and pointless.
3: Well, Derek, don't forget, like, what was some of the footage that they added, though, in that beginning? They added – they had, and they had well, – first of all, they had actually a pretty funny line, I will say that, is that they says, Karen, you have to return to the yoga studio, this psychic thing, and she just shows, pops up behind her, oh, I'm right here. But what was the bulk of the new footage? The bulk of the new footage was a lesbian sex scene. With, the, at, with some weird explanation that sex magic is the most powerful magic or something or other. And they super actually ha- show that scene and then superimpose the image over the final battle.
0: <laughs> so well, You don't have to wars. watch the end battle. You just watch these two girls rubbing their tits together. <laughs> yes! <laughs>
3: And then the credits start. I'm like, wow. Okay, so we've already, so we've already, we've already exhausted like two of the uh, witchcraft modus operandas, which is the uh, use of the, the re- reuse of stock footage, and uh, and oh, three, the reuse stock footage padding and gratuitous sex scenes.
0: <laughs> yep. So that's the only new thing that's added in this first ten minutes. Then, uh, as I said, there were two more minutes of credits. And now to jump ahead, there is literally seven minutes of end credits of this movie. so let's let's use a little bit of math here, folks. <laughs> Out of the hour and twenty one minutes of runtime of this film, Roughly around 19 minutes of this film is nothing is fucking nothing. So we have an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Unbelievable. Um, Another reason why they could have taken, especially and not to jump ahead. Once we find out what happens at the end of this and with 16, 15 and 14 and 15 could have been one movie. They could have taken this, edited it together, refined it and made one movie because literally nothing happens in, in this movie. All, all this movie is about is now Samael from the first movie was the big bad is now replaced with Sharon and Sharon decides to use Rose as her instrument to kill off anybody that she doesn't want getting in her way. That's it. That's literally the plot of this movie. There's nothing going on in this fucking thing mark watching blood rose what were your thoughts um yeah
4: i was like wow 14 actually wasn't that bad uh while watching 15 um you're right you're absolutely right though the feeling i got as well was it's getting stretched out you you see the bits here where had they taken some of the meat and things they were going for in 14 and some of the meat for 15, you probably put those two together and actually have a, a solid single witchcraft film with an interesting story that would have had a main bad guy dying during the middle of the movie. And then, you know, carrying on with this other uh, character. I, I would have wanted to see that versus what we got, which was a lot of padding. I mean, you know, we it was an interesting idea of using Rose as her tool to kill people. I'm like, that would have worked better if combined with some of the stuff they were talking about in 14. But unfortunately, you just get padding and, and well, rinse, wash, repeat for quite some time in this film. And so watching them back to back, especially it was one of those where this one
0: felt a little sluggish to get through. (laughs) I literally have in my notes, nothing happens. Note one, 17 minutes in and nothing has happened. Note two, 40 minutes in and nothing is happening. People babbling about things that don't add anything to the plot. This goes on for the rest of the whole fucking movie. This movie is a whole lot of fucking nothing.
6: Brian, what did you get out of this thing? What I got out of this is that I agreed with Eden and I feel I am a classically trained actress who belongs on Broadway, but I (laughs) don't, I don't have her body, but you know, I can get there. I can get there. Um, I enjoyed this one more than 14. Um, I'm going to be totally honest at the upfront I know Sean Abley. We're working on a book project together. We did theater here in Chicago, and he wrote this. Um, So um, I'm just getting that out there. So there might be some, uh, uh, I don't know, what's the right word? Um, I might be kinder because of that, have been kinder um, on the finished product. Um, I actually like, maybe it's because I know him and I was finding stuff. I liked some of the things he added. I thought there was a lot of humor. I don't know if it always worked, and there were a lot of scenes where I was like, oh, wait, that was funny because the dialogue was rushed through so much. I think because of the, the time limit they were under, they get these things done. Um, there was references to other horror films, a la Scream. Um, there was a lot of theatrical references, such as the scene before Eden, the sexy prostitute wanting to be actresses. Um emolulated on the street there. Um, uh, but I thought, I, I love the feminist references to the witches being hunted throughout the years. I thought that was a nice touch. I really enjoyed that. Um, I kind of like the transferring back and forth between Rose and Sharon. Uh, I Granted, it, when Rose would take over Sharon's body, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I know it wasn't technically done brilliantly and but I still kind of enjoyed that um and I also just think dudes we're in a new fucking world now um and I know these are the witchcraft series and I'm a gay dude who loves the female body I used to get playboy in the mail I think I mentioned that on previous shows so I have nothing against female nudity but we're living in a world where there are gay and bisexual and transgendered and female fans of these series and I think it's ridiculous, um, and it's this is also brought up in 16, um, that there's no male nudity in these films. It, mm-hmm. it, it's total exploitation then. Um, I think it's ridiculous that Diana Prince, was gorgeous, I thought she was gorgeous, is writhing around this guy with, with her tits hanging out. And he's obviously got his underwear. And this is in all these films. All the, all so the sex all, scenes are underwear. They all sex. have their underwear on. Throw a fucking sheet over them. I mean, yeah, the, the suspension of disbelief works in theater, not in film. and and that's another thing about these movies is they're they're like community theater. you know it because the props are so low budget, you know that they've taken a piece of paper and drawn a pentagram on them. You could go to a fucking witchcraft shop and find something and buy it. You know, that wouldn't have been that expensive um, for the background of some of these scenes. So basically, these are like community theater only on film. And that works for community theater or low budget storefront theater in in Chicago. You you know, you have to suspend your disbelief. Um, it doesn't work on film. Um, so that's just something I'm tired of personally. And Sean does make a reference to that in witchcraft 16, you know, about the fact that the men never get nude in these things, but overall, I did think it was slow moving. Uh, I, I thought, the nuts and bolts and the creeks definitely showed but i definitely saw what he was doing with the script and like i said there were some things that i thought were funny um i really thought the scene where um danielle who is the witch um that sharon's kind of controlling who has moved in with rose Mm -hmm. um to try to manipulate her um the scene towards the end she's with her boyfriend and uh she uh takes over the boyfriend and has knocked out rose and and they they leave and then she's oh wait we forgot something and she comes back and she goes, we forgot her and has her has has nick carry her out the door and it doesn't sound funny the way i described it but i thought it was a really it was actually one of the funny bits that was done that was timed out well and acted well and kind of worked and it actually made me chuckle so um i i think sean tried to add a lot, a lot to the script and it just because it was so rushed through it didn't always read so yeah
0: I think you're I think you're right about that. I when, when I sit and and think about the the elements that were in 14 and the elements that were in this thing, I think if you were to get rid of the big bad from part of uh, 14 and you put Sharon as the big bad right off the bat and you literally make 14 and 15 into one movie and have it be where the beginning she recruits uh, or Sharon recruits Rose and then starts using her the way she uses her in this movie, I think that would have been a much better movie.
3: It would I really be- do. It would have been a better movie, but you wouldn't have gotten people paying for two different movies.
0: No, I, I'm fully aware of the <laughs> fact <that's>, that this <laughs> is just pure exploitation. <laughs> yeah. That's the reason why it is the way it is. But honestly, if we were going to sit and think of it, and this is why it feels so like stretched out and thin and why it's so boring is that all of these ideas are, are just, there's so much in between, between 14 and 15 anything that's interesting that your brain wanders and you don't care. It's literally miserable. Scott, where did you, where did you come up on this when you started watching it?
3: Oh, it's bad. um the I knew I was in trouble right from the beginning when they just started replaying the beginning, the uh, end of the last movie, but with the superimposed sex scene. And then we're supposed to actually be, you know, ha- have believe that, you know, Rose is completely unaware Sharon is evil when. We know she's evil. We know it wasn't mind control. We know it was a thing. It's very obvious. I liked. I thought it was interesting that the movie started out, and it was mostly concerned with how they're going to in, increase the internet presence of the yoga studio and do all this stuff, uh, which is kind of funny considering Vista Street is a terrible internet presence. <laughs> um, it was seemed like Witchcraft 15 middle management. Uh, I thought it was interesting that uh, Garner of the Lutz and Garner uh, team is not only a homicide detective, but he also apparently stakes out hotels in to bust prostitutes, which should be a job for vice. Um, I thought that the uh, death scenes were the same as the first one, just like a bunch of people shaking with a blood pack in their mouth. Yep. Uh, I think it's um, I think it's a. Uh, odd that they are still doing mind control and we're still supposed to think the yoga studio is good to which that the uh will spanner even comments yeah in hindsight we probably should have shut down the witchcraft yoga studio when we had the chance i think it's interesting that Lutz and garner are shoved into a corner of a set and we're supposed to believe it's their office (laughs) oh that is
0: that is literally the most shocking aspect of any of these movies is the fact that they literally have nothing but eight by white bounce cards as their fucking office <laughs> the first time we watched I, re, I remember Scott you Mark myself and Glenn had a, a, a triple feature we watched straight in a row of all three of these movies
3: Oh I'll never it, forget it, that
0: it, it was it was torture but <laughs> the, fir- the moment the moment they go to Lutz and Garner's uh, office, I, I blew up on that uh, that <laughs> that uh, stream that we were watching because we had a chat going on, and I'm like, "This is some fucking bullshit. I want this over now." <laughs> the cheapest fucking look like these eight by bounce cards for people that aren't familiar with filmmaking. They're they're like slick white bounce cards used to just take um, lights and shoot light into them and reflect it so that the light will uh, bounce around uh, an object in a natural way. And they are stood up and they must be old bounce cards because it looks like they've been taped up a million times and they, they don't look like walls, even remotely. It is literally like the same room that they shot the yoga studio in or the yoga scenes was probably like, it was a corner of that room. It was so, so cheap. It it, was like the moment I saw that, I was just like, I want this to be over. I don't want to watch this. I want nothing to do with this anymore. This is an insult to not only me as a filmmaker, but me as somebody that, I felt sorry for everyone that literally actually paid to watch this movie. At that point, because I'm like, they don't care. They don't fucking care to even just go to a different corner of the room. It would have looked better than that piece of shit.
3: They were probably already dressing that corner so they could shoot it like 10 minutes later. And (laughs) it's like, you know, probably the altar or something or other. Oh, God, it made me so upset.
0: The the thing they could have done with
4: that, though, too, is thinking of in the past. Lutz and Garner, we hardly ever actually seen them in the office. You could have easily just had them show up at a location and do that exact same dialogue. didn't necessarily need to be, quote, unquote, their office. It almost makes me wonder if they couldn't get a location or if a location fell through, if they're shooting three films in two weeks.
0: uh, No, Mark, Mark, it's not about any of that. It's the fact they had one location that they used to shoot three entire movies and they didn't have they did it w- literally because they have no budget. Mm-hmm. I mean it's obvious. It's obvious why this is this looks the way it is. It's obvious. It is literally all budgetary and try how can we make this thing as fast as we possibly can. And that that was the scene that broke me. It mm-hmm. literally fucking broke me to where I was just like I don't care what happens <laughs> the rest of this movie. This is some bullshit. This is some literal bullshit.
3: If 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 anybody, it's just a shame that the rest of you were not here for that marathon. And I think as we've all covered is that we've actually all have watched the movie uh, movies apart, like after that as well. I I watched them twice personally. So did I. Uh, But um, if you watched it were to watch us during that initial marathon, you just watch us slowly turn into angry bitter people
0: (laughs) well if i remember correctly that that screening i because we watched it on rabbit and i had the file to where i could play it in double speed or in half like one and a half speed i tried to do that because i'm like i'm fucking done with this i just want to see what happens and you told me not to you can't
3: do it you can't do it. No, no. I, love I, I still, you, Scott Davis, <laughs> I still believe-
0: you no. killed me. You killed me on this show because you wouldn't let me put it at 1.5 speed. You know, my love for 1.5 speed when it comes to shitty ass movies and you nearly fucking kill me that night. I blame you for, for the like four years of my life. I got away from watching this fucking movie full speed.
3: Hey, I put it on you Scott Davis. You can put it on me all you want. I I feel like you can't really fairly judge the performances. You can't really really judge the <laughs> well, editing you got to be fucking
0: thing. kidding me. Like, <laughs> get out of here with that bullshit. <laughs> get out of
3: here with that bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Judging <laughs> the performances. It, it, it's a com- the movies it, it's were literally a, shot in like 2 days. It's a com- get out of here with that left. bullshit. It's a comprom- it's a compromised way of watching it. I can't do it.
0: Oh, my God. Mark, were you insulted by this compromise of a uh, viewing experience? Uh, no,
4: because the way the way it was paced, the way it was paced, if you did watch it at that speed, it still at many parts felt like it was at normal speed. Now, you know, I I guess it, with Dustin being a, a big fan, I, I just have a question for him with that is, is, do you know why they would? want to try to force out three movies rather than possibly making a one movie really good
2: (laughs) was was there a specific reason why they wanted to do three all at once you know i'll be honest i'm not um i think that you know i don't really understand the reasoning for making three of them back to back personally i think that Uh, Being that in the 90s, there was a time frame when they were actually cranking them out like a machine, you know, one per year, uh, that it was one of those franchises, a market staple, you know, everyone had seen them or seen those, you know, box covers. So everyone knew about it. And then they got up to part 13. And there were there were a lot of problems with 13 behind the scenes. And then after release, a lot of legal issues. And the series just kind of died and was left to flounder for a long time. So I think when they were talking about, hey, maybe we could do a new one. I think maybe Jerry just thought it would be more, uh, more of a wise business move to just crank out three more of them and be like, hey, you know, we haven't, we haven't had anything on the scene in nine years. Now we got three of them. You know, like, <laughs> so maybe it's a, a way to kind of like, you know, play catch up and you know just kind of like crank a big uh, amount of product out all at once but I don't really approve of how they just kind of shot. I think they should have heated him out and released one time was kind of strange, but, uh, you know, I'm not the distributor. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I think especially when, uh, we get to 16, it, it just, it, it, is shocking to me and i'd love brian if you know anything about uh, the conditions your bud had to write this under i'd love to hear about it but i really think 14 and 15 could have just been one movie and they could have given it a proper ending as well because this movie literally ends on a cliffhanger that never gets resolved so brian do you know did you talk to your bud about his experience with writing this movie at all
6: Um, Not much. We have been working on a book project together for the last couple of years. And when we first started Skyping about the book project, which was two years ago, he was just finishing up writing the sequels. um, And he couldn't talk a lot about it. Um, And and also it's two years ago and we were more focused on on another project. But um, so, no, I, I, I don't know all the ins and outs of that. I'm sure it was just done to get it done cheaply and just to have three products out there as opposed to just one semi good one or one really good one or, or what have you. I'm sure it was just to, to get, you know, people running three movies and hopefully making more money that way yeah. than, than, you know, doing one full film or whatever for, for, on those two weeks. So I'm sure that's what, what was the, the kind of a, uh, um reason behind that so absolutely
0: i think we as exploitation fans know that that's 100% the reason why there's three of these movies uh watching them it, it there's no justification for it because there's not three movies here there's there's barely two movies here and it's this movie suffers i think the most Due to this fact, I think you could have smashed 14 and 15 together and and made a movie. Um, There's uh, the only thing that's really added here is like, as you said, there was this hooker that shows up to have underwear sex with uh, the guy who becomes the big bad in 16. And uh, he dies by twitching and spitting fake blood. Then she walks out on the street Uh, After she's arrested and is let loose and she tries to get out of uh, going to jail by claiming she had a gig on It's Always Sunny, which must have worked because she got out of jail. And then she goes out into the street and barfs fake blood and dies. That's it. That's all that's added to this movie. There's nothing else. Then all of a sudden we have a final finger battle uh finger power battle where will spanner who's not even in this movie for more than maybe two minutes pops up and decides to you know shoot finger finger powers at people and then the movie just ends as if there's going to be an epic conclusion and we all know it never fucking happens never fucking happens and we'll explain that with our next uh movie we'll talk about but uh, the, yeah, The literally the final scene is there's a gaff tape pentagram on a floor, and they resurrect Samuel, kills Sharon. Uh, we see lights and shots as they cut between different angles, uh, and yeah, I don't know. Who cares? More underwear sex. There's a, I mean, there's possession of bad guys. There's boyfriends getting killed. They're mostly twitching while having underwear sex and spitting out blood. And then uh, the movie just kind of fucking ends. So uh, I have really nothing more to talk about with this movie because there's I don't think there's literally anything more to talk about with this. So uh, Mark the Movie Man, you want to do your final thoughts on this thing and uh, how would you come out on this? Uh, yeah, it made me want to watch 14
4: again because um, – this one, it was just, it's just there. it, it It's one of those words. It, it had two things going against it. One, a limited budget and two, it's a middle film. <laughs> so, it, you know, you've got those two elements together and, and it was handled like a middle film. And yeah, I, I wish they would have made one film out of the two movies rather than trying to stretch one story over two films because it, it showed and it made it tough for me as a viewer to stay and care at all engaged. Cause you get something cool. You're like, Oh great. And then, okay, we, we just did this and oh, wait, we just did this again. And you know, it's, it was one of those things where by the end I was like, eh. I had checked out of the film by the, uh, by the end of it because I was just like, this really hasn't added much of anything to what you started in 14. It was it was more of the same. And for me, I was hoping for at least a little bit of difference. And it still left me wondering, are they... Th- this one, the way it was written... No, I will say this one had a little bit more of a direction. I I, I should uh, change that. Is that versus the first one, this one felt more like they were trying to make... A more a little a little more serious, uh, in the vein of the original franchise. Whereas the first one, it I never got a gist of exactly what they were going for. This one felt more like it was trying to be part of those first thirteen films, uh, and and so I did come out of it with that at the end. But yeah, I was disappointed, especially the way uh, this ends, and then we get sixteen started. So. Uh, you know, again, if you're going to watch all of these, watch all three of them. Uh, but I couldn't recommend them to your, at least your average horror viewer, even those who might like micro-budget cinema, because
0: it, it's going to be a tough watch, I think. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Dustin, when all was said and done, how did you think this one stacked up next to 14?
2: You know, it's it's a hard one to judge for me because... I, I like things that stay within continuity, so based on that statement alone, it's kind of my second favorite of the three just because, but um, I think the specific, um, with, you know, on witchcraft sequels, but uh, I think that uh, the story I felt for Fifteen was very different then 14. I feel like it was a strange decision from behind the scenes to have one person write number 14 and then have a different person write the f- other half of that for 15 and then oh, yeah. a separate 16. I think it would have felt more logical to have the same person write the two that are connected and then have the other guy do the parallel universe uh that has nothing to do with anything so i felt that going from 14 to 16 i think there were some major character inconsistencies i think that a lot of uh a lot of the characters i felt were written and actually performed differently i didn't understand why sharon just suddenly had this ability she it's like samuel died and then she had all this extra power yep and she could body switch and which i thought was an interesting concept because it you know Shockingly, it, it gave these actresses something a little more to play with and try and do something different, but it really goes nowhere. And I thought the concept of Sharon wanting to snuff out all of Samuel's legitimate children was interesting. And I thought I thought Ernest Pierce, the guy that played his son that was uh, writhing around with the the esteemed stage actress, <laughs> was uh, I thought his. <laughs> He he felt like he was actually trying to act in the last half. I don't know if it was um, what the movie needed, but, I mean, it felt like he was trying to actually seriously do something uh, memorable with his role, but it, he was playing the other actor from 14, so it just didn't feel like he was playing the same character. Everything just felt off to me. Um, you know... I didn't enjoy it. I don't. I don't approve of lots of stock footage, lots of padding. the, you know, a, what's basically a middle installment of a trilogy, and the first, you know, like twenty minutes, you know, twenty percent of the movie is all stock footage that we just watched because you likely just watched part fourteen before this, so you're just force feeding us the same shit. And then there was a point where Rose even was fantasy, you know, stock next from the other movies, and then. Uh, if I remember correctly Sharon even tells her oh those are your parents <laughs> and I'm like that was she was dreaming about will and Roxy from 13 having sex so is will her dad I just, nothing made any sense to me like another really flat non-ending where shit's just left hanging and I'm like uh, okay I guess I just gotta deal <laughs> so
3: to the movie's credit that's what uh Derek was originally saying when they showed the stock footage, he was when we were marathoning this. He was saying, "Yep, yep, yes, you just you watch. This is going to turn out to be uh, Will Will Spanner's daughter here in this movie. (laughs) Even though they're the same age, you know." He's like doing that, and I thought it was heading towards that too, but no.
2: It it just yeah, it made no sense. They're nothing connected. (laughs)
3: Do we lose Derek? <laughs>
2: witchcraft finally killed him. <laughs>
3: we lost Derek. Yeah. Either that, or he's pissed off about my impression of him. <laughs> so which is the possibility?
0: Okay, yeah, I'm sorry, boys. All of a sudden, like our internet completely took a shit, and I, my, I just about had a heart attack. Oh man! I'm like, please don't do this. We're all, all this is the witchcraft curse. <laughs>
3: damn you you never know how that forced lightning is going to hit you and and... (laughs) then all right all right well let's let's get back
0: into this before some some sam a l comes and tries to you know pants me or something who knows (laughs) uh brian i know you have some uh friend ties to this movie but ultimately once uh you got done watching 15 uh tied into 14 how did you come out on this thing
6: I liked 15 better than 14. Um, I did appreciate the sh- stuff Sean was trying to do. And like I said, I-, I don't think it read all the time because of the speed of which it was filmed and the quality of the performers. Um, but uh, I-, I did like this one better than and, than 14. And I think um, the padding is definitely an issue. And I think more than anything, Ernest Pierce owes me a butt shot after, you know, watching all those... <laughs> that that's my big thing, you you know, and he he didn't give it to me in 16 either. So I don't know what the hell is going on. (laughs) But, uh, there was no love for you in any of these, Brian. And there wasn't, there just wasn't, but you know, I guess that's why we got to love ourselves. You know,
3: Scott, I've kind of gone over most of it. Uh, uh, Brian, I know your, your friend there. Uh, Sean is, he's got some (laughs) impressive. He's got some impressive credits. And I I would not be surprised to find out that it is a case of it's just not reading well if it's the, of of the speed and economics of the production of it why it turned out so poorly I will give I will mention two really funny line deliveries because I'm not going to be very nice about 16 I'm going to tell you that right now
8: <laughs> you're not the only
0: one brother you're not the only one
3: but I'm going to give you two really good line readings one I mentioned before it's uh, at the very beginning of the film where the telepathic link. Karen, you have to return to the yoga studio. And she just pops up behind her. I'm right here. It's like, I told you to leave. Yeah, well, I didn't listen. So what's up? You know, I thought that was really funny. <laughs> and towards the end, we have this one character, which I'm surprised nobody mentioned. Uh, was it Danielle was the character who is the really annoying uh, roommate. One who's... of the
0: worst characters in any movie I've ever <laughs> seen. That <laughs> that character annoyed me so. Like, why would anyone have her in their house as a roommate? She their was roommate.
6: such an asshole. That was a Sharon thing.
3: Well, yes, but I mean, she was a ter- she was a she was a terrible person who uh, was always like yelling at people, and she, her boyfriend couldn't get it up if there was anybody else around and so they had the great line towards the end where he was almost ready to go and he says to this girl to his girl to danielle who now has to leave a second ago i told you how hard my cock is and she says i love that story and she leaves (laughs) 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 that was funny i love
6: that whole sequence i I did mention that sequence because after that now she's knocked out rose and there's a thing where they leave and they come back and grab her and I thought that whole sequence was really well done, actually. and I thought it was it was very funny. So. that
3: bit that little bit was funny. I will say that overall, though, I think I've already cut covered it. It's kind of the same thing as the first one. I mean, it even has kind of the same ending. There's a a ritual with Rose and jeopardy. Spanner shows up shows up out of the blue to cue some bad lightning effects. It's kind of the same thing. Bad acting, bad, everything that was bad about 14 is kind of just ramped up here, and it kind of feels like the whole thing kind of feels like an afterthought. So uh, overall, I wasn't – no, I didn't like this one either. I actually probably liked it less than uh, uh, 15. Spoiler alert, 14 was my favorite of the three too. <laughs> so. It's it
0: really shocking. Even after I said I thought 14 was terrible – that this is definitely worse, and I don't think it has anything to do with – because I, I kind of agree with Brian that there's there's more interesting things uh, at play here. Yeah, They were just executed so poorly in, in this movie. The way it's shot, the way it looks, and the way it plays is just so dull that none of it reads. None of it reads. So 15 is a big pile of fucking nothing. (laughs) But it is not the worst of these three movies. (laughs) Not to give you a spoiler alert, but this is not the worst of these. I've already screamed once during this episode. Hold your fucking britches, folks, because we're moving on to Witchcraft 16 Hollywood Coven. So, shall we have a friendly wager on whether or not I'll have to save your ass from these witches' covenants in the third film?
1: Actually, I'm kind of hoping I get to be an evil witch this time, so hopefully you'll be saving someone else's ass from me.
8: (laughs) I think I saved your ass from a witch's coven twice, Detective Gilmore, aka Worst Detective Ever.
1: Uh, I think I saved both your asses in two movies, so simmer down, Greg Andrews, a.k.a.
5: Worst Warlock Witch Hunter Ever.
7: Oh! <laughs>
5: <laughs> I totally hope I get killed again in this one. <gasps> Me too. Killed again dance, doing the killed again dance.
8: <laughs> I'd actually like to live through one for once. Oh,
5: oh. it's okay. Hey, where's Shelly? You
1: guys remember her? Didn't she play Danielle in Blood Angel? Yeah, isn't she in this one too? We sort of bonded on Blood Angel, but then I never saw her again. Very strange.
0: Now, what is the one trope that you hate worse than anything else when you see it pop up in a film series? Is it the dream sequence? Is it the, oh, this was all a dream? (laughs) No? How about when a movie series all of a sudden decides to go meta and make you think, uh, eh, let's show behind the scenes of what's going on with these series and maybe something nefarious is going on behind the scenes. Yep. That's what we get here in Witchcraft 16, a.k.a. the new nightmare of the Witchcraft series. <laughs> we ignore the fact that 14 and 15 built up to an ending where we thought the last movie was going to finally resolve all of this finger power nonsense that had built up in those two movies nope it literally flips you the fucking bird and says you know what we aren't going to give you that ending because now we're going to act like all of that was just set dressing for part 16 in which all the people that were in those other movies are now playing themselves filming those movies
3: when Except we they were, don't. They play different names. So
0: They play different names, and they're called Crystal Force. The movies are called Crystal Force, which is an actual film series that was, that was made that has nothing to do with these. But that's neither here nor there. I'm sorry. When, when we were doing the screening that we had talked about before, where we watched these all in a row, when this movie started... And it was a meta movie and we got no conclusion. I know this is asinine. This is going to be, you're going to be like, what the fuck is your problem, Derek? But I'm serious. You set up two movies with a plot that was going to end in a third movie and you pull the rug out and you make this a meta movie. You instantly made me say, fuck you to all of this. You instantly made this entire experience of these three movies pointless. More pointless than they already fucking were. It's not even the fact that that they pulled the rug out and there was no explanation, no conclusion to those movies is that the first 15 minutes of this movie is literally everyone not only making fun of all the witchcraft movies which we have done with all of these episodes Usually, if that was the case, and maybe 14 was this movie, I would have been a little more lenient about it. And I would have been like, oh, yeah, we're finally having fun with this. We're finally saying how stupid all of this fucking shit was, how useless all of the characters were, how um, pointless there was no continuity between anything. Yeah, you get it. You've watched these movies. But now that this is the third movie in this trilogy, and you've built up two movies to where we're expecting an ending, and you don't give it, and you decide to just make fun of not only the film series, but also the people that watch it, fuck you. Fuck you. This movie made me so fucking mad that I literally I, – I, it took me – like the first time we watched this, I didn't pay attention to any of it. I was just like, this is the most insulting fucking thing I've ever seen. Why? Why am I watching this? Why am I wasting my life watching something that literally is a middle finger to me? For having watched, I already was mad that I had to watch three of these fucking things. Now I got to watch this thing that's making fun of me for watching these things. Fuck you. It took me the second time to to kind of appreciate it and understand, you know, distance myself from that initial shock and the the initial anger I had that literally, yeah, we're now being made fun of for watching these movies. And uh, if you look past all that shit, the actors finally aren't that bad in this movie compared to the other ones. Uh, uh, What's her name that played Sharon? Sharon is actually really good in this movie compared to the other two movies. She's actually kind of charming. Everybody else is actually pretty good in this these movies or in this movie. But yet, there's really not much of a story here. It's, it's the same thing as like A New Nightmare. These people are making a movie. There's nefarious things going on in which there's a coven that are killing off. For some reason, there's a hex on the Crystal Force uh, series to which all of the people that are acting in these movies are getting killed and their souls are getting sucked into a book to resurrect the ultimate demon. Why why you'd want that, uh, to do that, who the fuck knows, because wouldn't you get caught after a while? You're making these movies and everyone tied to them is dying? Hmm, I wonder what's going on here, but whatever. That's the movie, is that there's a coven killing all these people, and then there's another big finger power battle that is literally one of the worst climaxes I've ever seen in a movie ever. Scott, I would love to hear what you have to say about this fucking, the meta witchcraft movie.
3: You absolutely had it right when you said you needed to get a second viewing. I did, too. Uh, and I was dreading it because I knew that initial reaction. I was right there with you, buddy. I was saying, like, this is such a slap in the face because what it re- especially if you do watch these back to back as they were shot and, you know, you can get through these movies in four <laughs> hours total. Um, if you're watching this, you're you've follow the story you don't like the story but you followed it you at least want to know how does it all turn out and nope cut and they give you this thing now there is a way to do this there's a way to do a movie like this uh derek you mentioned new nightmare a couple of times i like new nightmare i think in fact i love new nightmare i think that was brilliant uh there's been other meta movies over the years that have been not quite as good uh Some of them wind up being homages, some of them wind up being kind of insults. This is an absolute insult. I think it's insulting to the actors that are in the movies, and it's an even bigger insult to the audience. It's just, it's basically
0: remember. Oh, sorry, Scott, I not not to cut you off, but remember it's also an insult, and you'll remember you'll know this more than just about anybody here. It's an insult to Stephanie Beaton because there was a big online heated yep. battle with stephanie beaton about the fact that she didn't get put into the these movies and what happens she they, is literally put into this movie via stock footage and she is shown raped and her tits flying out in yep. this
3: movie yep I, I i noted that as well yeah uh there was an issue uh according to her old facebook page i'm not facebook friends with Stephanie Beaton, she made some very unfortunate posts that were I felt were kind of bigoted. And so I kind of said like, yeah, let's just go away from that. But she was offered the chance to reprise her role, uh meeting in like a coffee shop or a restaurant according to her and being paid like a very like a sliver of what she was paid years before, so she felt insulted and she said no. They put her in the movie anyway via stock footage, the rape scene from – I can't remember which one it was, whichever the last one to feature Lutz and Garner was before these movies. And um, yeah, and that's the only time you see her. It was a a huge insult to that. It was an insult to every actor, especially every actress that was in it. If you ever notice how they refer to the actresses as opposed to the actors in this movie – they're really condescending another mediocre actress and, and they lots of stuff talking about their looks and stuff it was very insulting uh also basically taking the audience and saying can you believe these people watch these stupid movies you've been watching these movies all along haven't you and really pointing their finger at you it felt when i saw it a second time i could look at what was going on beneath the surface i could see what they were trying to go for I will say that there may have been a clever script here. It was too clever for its own good because what it instead came up with was a lot was very insulting and lots of jokes uh, that there's lots of really like kind of. Hollywood jokes and stuff like that in these movies uh one of the best movies on the subject was LA Story which probably played really funny if you were from Los Angeles but you know what even if you weren't from Los Angeles you could kind of get the humor remember that movie with Steve Martin Victoria Tennant this came out like in 1990 I don't know I loved it but like then there were like little jokes in this these jokes were so inside baseball if you were not like really really in the business or had been actively in the business they all the jokes about agents and agents and percentage and all the little uh la insults that they kind of play as jokes you know uh i wouldn't say we're friends i would say we're more friendly like stuff like that that probably really had a satirical edge they didn't play because they felt like they were so attuned just to that 30 mile zone, they felt too inside to really get a handle of. So you get something that is equal parts inaccessible and insulting. Yeah, it was a real mess. I was really pissed off. I will say this before I forget it. Ernest Pierce was pretty good. The rest, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, in, I'm really interested to hear what Dustin thinks about this. I mean, were you as kind of caught off guard? Because I know you you actually have genuine love for these movies, and it's not just on an ironic level. It, like right. You have an entire collection of these movies. You've watched these numerous times. You, you know the people that are involved in these movies. When you saw this, did it
2: kind of make you feel like they were pointing a finger at you at all? Um, I just think the the concept for 16 was so left. I don't understand what... I don't understand what the thought process was to make this a meta-sequel, especially after having come off uh, two that had a continuing storyline and ended on a I, is. I can accept what it is. I don't think I really... Uh, it just didn't work for me i don't know it's the whole thing just feels really left field and was kind of it, it was it was bothersome it was really stupid and degrading you know cuz they are making fun of the fans that watch it it looked like the people that were doing it seemed like they were having fun cuz they got to just kind of like kick back and you know relax you know, and just kind of not be, try and be serious, I guess.
0: I think, I think that's why most of the performances feel more genuine in this movie is because now they don't have, they just play themselves.
2: I, I just, I'll, I'll never understand the thought process. I know the idea for 16 was actually an idea by Jerry. So he, he was the one I believe who had suggested to go meta and just kind of have a sort of random thing. So, uh, I'm going to assume every 8th installment uh, on Merit has to be a left field connected to fucking nothing thing from now on.
7: <laughs> That's um,
2: funny. That's
7: funny.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Salem's Ghost, don't get me wrong, but come on. What did I, do? I don't... I, I like Salem's 16 at all. It's fun, it's fun, but just on Merit, I I like it least.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Brian, what did did you think about the meta angle of this?
6: Dude, you know what? I haven't had a date in years, but I would gladly give it up because it wasn't the same old fucking thing with this movie. So um, I actually really liked it. I I didn't find it insulting. I'll I'll be honest. I only watched it once, but... Yeah, I I would gladly give up not having a date for another 10 years and not have to watch another witchcraft film that would be like the other one. So I was so uh, thankful for this one that, you know, when the twist came, I was like, fuck, yeah, thank you. Not another padded out badly, you know, plotted, you know, and, and there was some padding in this. Obviously, having them all sit down, having the actors all sit down and research the other Crystal Force films and 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 showing scenes from the other witchcraft films uh, in that you, was obviously padded out. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I this is probably my favorite of the entire series, actually. You know, and I did find some of the humor was too localized and too specific, but at least it was would be funny to someone. Um, and I got what they were going through through. Um, you know, having not so much in the movie trenches, but being in the theatrical trenches since I was, you know, in second grade doing summer stock and stuff like that. I got a lot of the acting humor and just the biz humor. And, um, yeah, uh, I would have to watch it again, which I don't know if I would actually really want uh, <laughs> to do to go back and see if they were insulting the fans of the series. I did not get that. I, I think I was just so happy that it wasn't uh, another witchcraft film, as I know the witchcraft films to be. That um, I had a great time. You know, you know, I kind of loved the little. Maybe there were obvious twists, but just the twist of having you know Garner actually start looking around and and investigating everything. And um, uh, yeah, uh, I I thought that was a lot of fun, and you know, it loosened everyone up. And you know, I liked the little stories. I liked. Sharon, or who's backstory of being a child actress and you know doing the commercial, and I liked all the little little things like that, so I actually really enjoyed it, uh, you, you know. So, um, uh, I think I'm probably the, the one dissenting voice here, but uh, and I, I do, but but I will agree with you that I thought it was unfortunate and uh, uh, the use of the Stephanie Beaton footage. I don't know if that was just a producer or someone on set being cruel or what have you. And I remember that being a point from the last series we did on this, how unfortunate it was that she kind of, you know, whatever her own personal story is as, as, as a real life human being. But as an actress, she, she gave her all to the series for three films and that her last moments on film uh, with the series were her being raped, basically. Uh, yeah. Oh, and so we—I remember talking about that, as I said in the last go-round, how it was sad that she kind of went out as Detective Lots as, as a victim with, um, and that. And so when, when they showed that footage again, I was like, "Oh man, did they have to show that footage? You, you know, not only does she did she leave the series on that note, but they're kind of reviving it again here. So I don't know if that was just bad blood. I would hope it wasn't, but part of me suspects that maybe it was." Um, and uh but yeah so so i thought that was a sour note but um besides that i really enjoyed it even though ernest pierce once again did not reveal any of his um <laughs> his backside or backside, backside maybe, or... you know, but, but but you know there we go maybe witchcraft 17 so
0: oh my god i sure i sure fucking hope not brian i sure hope not i understand where you're coming from with with a lot of it. And I think the big problem I have with it is that it's number sixteen in a trilogy. This is the back end of a trilogy. If this was probably like the first movie, I bet you I would have I would have actually got into this. Yeah. It's it's literally because it takes the two previous films. and and just flips the bird that I think that's the reason why we're finding such an insult to us is that, you know, if, you know what, this could have been great if they would have taken like Scott keeps talking about, you know, the, the potential of 13, the end of 13 where Will Spanner was going to turn, uh, turn heel. And there was all this other crazy shit going on. If you would have taken that ending and then did this afterward, I would have loved this. I I I wouldn't have been pissed at all. But after we have literally watched two movies that felt like they were building into a conclusion, and then you go into this and how the first 15 minutes of this movie is literally nothing but a poke at the audience and a poke at everything. It just kind of felt like I had been swindled. Mm-hmm. like a hard fucking swindle. Now, Mark, you haven't gotten a chance to to sit and talk about this at all. How do you feel? Which side of the fence do you come out on on this one?
4: Uh, the first viewing I got, I felt kind of like you, Eric, uh, Derek, a lot like you, in that I felt like it was being mean-spirited and insulting um, and the inside jokes you're not quite getting – on the second viewing, what I think they're trying to do with this on the second viewing is I think they were trying to show, I think they were trying to make fun of themselves. I think they're trying to get the cross that they're fans of this and they're poking fun at themselves and, and the things they find funny in the series. But I, I think there's a sincerity they're trying to go for here with it saying, "Haha, we we recognize all these things, yet we still make these films because, you know, they, they, they made these previous two films. They like them. I think that's what they're trying to go for. Um, and it was refreshing. I'm with with Brian. It is refreshing that they tried something different, uh, you know, with the series. I think the timing of where they do this, uh, like you said, there is wrong. I think if this was the first film that they open with um, and I granted that means, yeah, a lot of the cast dies in real world. And then, well, what do you do the next two films? But I think they could have spun it and some a way where it, you come you know, you start with this and then you have two more films that are actually witchcraft films. And so then the viewer kind of feels like they they're like, oh, that actress, you know, in, in real life in witchcraft world, uh, you know, performer. She's actually a real witch. And so she's playing this role, you know, something like that. It, it But the fact you play this out as a trilogy for the other two films and you get here. It was refreshing to see it, but it it also left me hanging still <laughs> on this story that even though I might not have cared about the films, I was paying attention to the story and I kind of wanted to see what was going to happen next with Rose and we don't ever get that
0: fulfillment. Yeah, they did nothing like, with Rose. Like what was the, it made it feel like what was the fucking point of the other two films? Right. And that's the, I guess
4: that's the problem that I had with it was the fact that, OK, you've just pretty much <laughs> negated the two films that you're trying to bring back or or revitalize or, or reintroduce people to the witchcraft series. And yet now you've left this dangling out there with really no resolution. And oh, yeah, by the way, we're going to start with the inside jokes and and the ha ha. So I think, I think, like I said, watching it a second time, I think there's some sincerity of where they're trying to say, yes, we recognize these things are ridiculous, but we, we like them. And, and, you know, and that's why we're doing this film. I, I honestly think because this is the last one in the trilogy, that's possibly the intention. I'd like to think that was the intention they were actually going for and not actually insulting uh folks but more just lovingly poke fun at themselves it just doesn't come across like that all in the film and, and, you know, then you get the story of, well, it's the cursed film and people die. You're like, OK, you know, at least this is something a little different from the other witchcraft films. But at the same time, you're like, well, now you're del- delving into a film that's not really a witchcraft
0: film anymore. Uh, so but they try damn hard to try and make this some sort of witchery witchcraft film with a story right. that literally is so complacent and so played out that it's hard to really pay attention to it. It's just like, it's going through the motions. Like after that first initial slap in the face, I didn't give a fuck about what happened in the rest of this movie. You
4: know, I, I'd almost would have liked to see, I dare say it. I would have liked to see this, uh, as a a fourth film and actually give me a third film where you, you resolve the Rose thing. Um, You know and then you 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 do this but by making this the third one in the trilogy you really just feel unfulfilled you 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 know you you paid for the 20 minute lap dance and you you only got five and then you're left there you know broken and unfulfilled So, (laughs) you you know, that's kind of the feeling I got when I got done with this was I get what you're doing. I I like the the different spin, but at the same time, you've, you've teased me, you teased me, and then you didn't give any payoff at the end to where by the time the credits roll on this one, you're like,
0: Man, that was a chore to watch. Oh, God. The sound editing is a mess. The editing is a mess. The city transitional shots are a mess. The visual effects are hot fucking trash. The edges of frame are present in certain overlay shots. The music is literally music from Incompetech.com stock music that's in every YouTube video you watch. I know this. Because we re-edited Five Dark Souls a number of years ago for my friend Jason Paul Collum. And we used all of the music that's in this movie. <laughs> all of it. And it's just like, I, uh, I, I wish I had really anything good to say about this. Because uh, literally, what uh, what happens? They uh, uh, most of the movie is characters going over to Sharon's house to watch previous witchcraft films. They it basically what is uh, here's here's a little question for for the panel. When Jeremy Sykes and Sharon go back to her place to watch a Crystal Force movie, what is the fir- What is the movie they're watching on their wine date? I'll put that out to the panel. Uh, did anyone
3: take stock in this? Did
0: anyone notice?
3: It's one of the witchcraft movies, but <laughs> I have no idea which one. Like, as somebody mentioned before, when they showed the stock footage, I mean, they even showed stock footage of what I think I said was my favorite of the series a few years ago when we did these. And But, I mean, that was so long ago, I can't remember which one was which anymore. Um, I'll, I'll put it out to Dustin. Dustin, do you know what that movie was?
2: I, to be honest the the stock footage was always so off-putting to me i don't remember which footage was used for where i want to say it feels like it was footage from 11 but i can't remember for certain ding 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 ding
0: <laughs> superfan gets it witchcraft 11 uh, sisters in blood they literally just keep showing witchcraft 11 out of order Every time they go back to her place to watch a movie, it's another scene from Witchcraft Eleven. Wait, it was it, it
3: was just one movie? It wasn't yes. like a, a bunch of them. No. Oh shit. Because because <laughs> she,
6: she saw that one before when she leaves Rose and Spanner alone. She goes and she goes to get the beer and wine and doesn't come back
7: mm-hmm.
6: <laughs> ever. Um, <laughs> she does say she saw that one before, so you
3: know. <clears throat> Well, you know, maybe, maybe it does tie back. Uh, it does tie back, Scott. Maybe Troma still had the rights to them, and they're like, "Hey, can we get the rights, our the rights back to our movies?" Uh, now that we're doing a new one, and the maybe Uncle Lloyd just said, "Fuck you." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: <but laughs> I think the the only thing that really made me chuckle in this movie is that the at the end of this movie there is the most ridiculous climax where all of a sudden we find out that every county in California have their own coven of witches. And at, at the end, um, uh, Lutz is, is the, the big bad in this movie in the worst reveal that even Dario Argento would scoff at. Um, there's a scene where Will Spanner is at the house and, uh, he gets all these powers and then screams, Oh, I feel like an executive producer, and I'm just like, "Oh,
3: it's another one of those like jokes that was supposed to be really clever and didn't come off as clever. It came off as bitter and bitchy and filled with like references to that were way too inside baseball." I will say that it was kind of interesting because Will Spanner came off as, like I said, a weenie in part 14 and 15. That when you see him with the two women. He tries to like initiate like a threesome or something, and comes off as like really aggressively. He really comes off as aggressively skeezy and hetero in a way that contrasts those last two films. I know, Brian, you you thought it was kind of funny and you thought he was kind of good in this. I thought it was really uh, equally unconvincing. So I see what he was going for, but it didn't work. I really
0: think that almost nothing works.
3: (laughs) Ernest Ernest Pierce was good. (laughs) Oh my gosh.
0: Uh, Oh man. So let's go ahead and let's give our final thoughts to this flick. Um, Mark, you said that you kind of turned around on this, the second viewing, how did you ultimately end up feeling about witchcraft 16? By itself.
4: If you don't watch the other two, I, I think out of these three remade ones i'm i'm with dustin a bit is that it was or uh, excuse me brian that uh it was refreshing that you did something different but the fact this is number 16 and number 14 makes it a tough watch because you're left with feeling why the heck did i watch 14 you know thir- uh, 14 and 15 if you're not going to ever actually resolve that story that while I may not have cared for those films, I became kind of invested in that story and kind of wanted to see how things were going to play out. And then you take this turn at the end. It it makes it tough. I I think had they led with this, I probably would have enjoyed maybe the other two, at least a little better, but by itself. Yes. But if you're watching the other two, yeah, you're going to just get upset.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. I don't even want to add any more to it, Mark. I think you took the words right out of my mouth. I feel exactly
6: how you feel. Uh, Brian? This was probably my favorite of these three and maybe of the entire series. Um, I understand the Rose thing was kind of left dangling, but as I try to think back throughout this entire series of, uh, of films, I can't remember ever once being satisfied by a conclusion we had. <laughs> in, in I've enjoyed certain scenes. I've enjoyed certain actresses in the films. Um, I've enjoyed certain of these movies more than I've enjoyed other ones. But um, I've never, like, been satisfied by any of these films. So the fact that the Rose plot line was left a little down <gasps> from 15 – who the fuck cares, you know, (laughs) no resolution in these films has been like, Oh God, yes. And I want to see that what happens next. And so I was just so damn relieved that I didn't have to sit through another typical witchcraft film with this film. And I do. And I, I, really appreciate the kind of the theatricality and the humor and, and the little nudges that, that Sean brought out to both, to both 15 and 16 here. So, um, and granted i said that there might be some of that you know friendship lingering in that response and and not wanting to offend him or but but i i honestly do I, I honestly think as you know a fellow playwright i can see what he was trying to do and he was really trying to do some fun stuff so um so yeah so that's my my take on i i actually really enjoyed 16 i i totally get where
0: you're coming from Brian. I I really truly do like Mark said, though, I got to go back to Mark. I just think it was totally misguided with with where they went with it. So uh, Scott, your turn.
3: Yeah, I get where you're going. Also, Brian. And um, you know, I think that, I mean, to be fair, like look at that up that writer's credits. If you watched cartoons or did anything with the internet to say nothing of his movie work, you probably have seen some of his stuff. I mean, he's obviously knows his shit, but this movie, as it played out, where it was placed, you know, apparently it was Jerry's idea according to Dustin. And if that's the case, you know, suck my dick, witchcraft movies. I mean, seriously, this is this, it's a really it's a film that seems that it was created in a bubble for people in that same bubble. To everyone else, it is groan-worthy at best and insulting at worst. So, uh, no, I absolutely hated this film. I will say that it's kind of interesting that it was made in the future because its copyright date is 2018.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the real movie of the future.
3: Oh, this is the movies of the future, but, you know, this is this is – 2018 this does not bode well for 2018
4: (laughs) no
0: i i I already hate 2018
4: but but that might mean we get another witchcraft film that does finish up the rose storyline
3: shut your mouth mark does anyone really care come on no 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 No, Uh,
6: let me make this clear
0: let me okay guys let me make this clear And, and brian brings up an amazing point here I don't want to make it seem like I was really hoping to find out what happened in those movies. Those movies, the story sucked ass. It's just the fact that you've built two movies up. You expect a conclusion out of it. If it's a trilogy. And when that didn't happen, I was like, you just wasted three hours of my fucking
3: life. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> on this fucking nonsense. I was yeah. so pissed off. I feel the same way. They're not good stories. I I felt – but that that's what also what I also felt about 13 is that I'm like I've waited this many years and you're just going to ignore it. It uh, was the same way. And uh, you guys mentioned that if this was the first movie of the series uh, instead of the third, you'd feel better towards it. I'm like, you know what? I'd be even okay if it was the second if it was the second movie, and then they they went somewhere else with like more serious with the sixteen or whatever, I think Mark said something similar. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. At least give us something that says like, you know what? Because of people who watched it, because of people who kept renting the videos or buying them or streaming them or whatever they did. you know, for the last you know twenty five, thirty years, you have been able to have the longest running series in horror. Gee, maybe don't kick them in the ba- your audience in the balls and make fun of them for actually keeping on coming back to your movies. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I, I really don't know what to say other than I want to wrap this up as fast as possible. And I want to hear what Dustin has to say to round this out. Uh, It's your turn to give final thoughts on Witchcraft 16, Dustin.
2: You know, Witchcraft 16 was it was an interesting view for me (laughs) as a fan. Uh, But, you know, important aspect of making movies like this is that Filmmakers or producers especially need to understand their limitations, they need to understand the talent and resources, locations, yada, 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 that are available to them. And I think that at points watching part 16, it feels like they were trying to be a little too big for their britches and they were trying to be a little bit bigger and more clever than the material needed. Uh, I'll I until my death I will never understand why they chose to do a meta installment from a storytelling standpoint especially after you know getting that no closure of what was going on even though the story for 14 and 15 weren't the greatest it's like you go through all that and then you just get nothing and I thought that the I thought that the one positive I can say about it is that I thought that it was maybe the first and first film in the entire series that actually gave Garner something to do because he actually got to detect <laughs> and actually yeah. do research and try and actually show that he was a useful fucking human. <laughs> so but uh aside from that there was just there was nothing to speak of. And I think that the treatment of the way they just first one they 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 offed Garner, they oft will like they're just nothing, you know. And then Lutz is a witch. At the end, it just it was like they're they didn't care about anything as far as the series goes. So I was just kind of like, you know. And I I over rationalize shit sometimes. So I it has to make sense in my head, and the only way I can is that it's just it's to me exists in a parallel universe that has nothing to do with fourteen or fifteen.
0: So. my final question for you, Dustin, is when are you going to be pitching Witchcraft 17 that
2: resolves this entire thing? <laughs> you know, uh, I would jump on a Witchcraft, but whether I would want to actually resolve the story of 14 and 15 is probably questionable. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, I I, I love the, the representations of Watson Garner in this. I think they were, I, I wasn't feeling the Will story and, it just, it, the, the next one needs a stronger story and it needs a stronger use of those core characters. Otherwise, it's going to go nowhere.
0: I would not hold my breath for that, Dustin. <laughs> I, I I really wouldn't. Um, seeing how they tried to use $9,000 to string out three <laughs> movies, it is not a good sign that there's going to be more money put into any subsequent films. (laughs) So um, let's go ahead and wrap this up. And I'd like to just get a general overall feeling before we end this episode as to, hey, was this worth three years of our life talking and building up (laughs) to lead up to this fucking nonsense. I'm going to go straight to Brian Kirst. What do you think? Was this worth waiting three fucking years to watch these three
6: movies? <laughs> um, Yeah. Everything's, oh, what, what? everything's worth it. Everything's <laughs> worth it.
7: Everything
6: it was worth it talk to talk to you, Brian. That's what. There you what go. Was there, worth you go. It. there you go. I love listening to Dustin, you know, talk about these films and. His uh, Facebook page is great, so check it out, everyone. I'm sure he'll pump pimp that later on. But no, yeah, of course it's worth it, dude. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see where Molly Doherty's career goes, and uh, um, I'm proud of Sean. I think he tried to do some really really cool things with this. So, um, and you know, if, if this was the film to wrap it up, we'll never see anyone. Like I said, I'm so glad it wasn't just another standard witchcraft you know bullshit things so yeah there you go I I feel bad for your bud
0: I I, I have a feeling <laughs> I have a feeling that what was on paper it, it just like with the expediting the production and the speed of the production oh yeah there's just got hat. lost yeah
6: yeah yeah
0: I'm sure that's just how this feels Mark was this worth it <laughs> <sighs>
4: uh i i'm a masochist i think deep down but um (laughs) it was interesting to see uh whether or not it was actually worth it it's going to be up to debate as you can tell tonight depending on i think love of the franchise what you're looking for you know what you look for for films for a series that has gone this long before and and it suffers the same thing that hollywood even huge major budgeted films suffer from is, you know, sometimes a franchise just needs to be done. And unless you can come back and really add something new, just to come back with the name as, as novel as the idea might be, a lot of the times those things just don't work out because it's been so long since that series has been around And I think that's part of it with the witchcraft. And more importantly, I think what it suffered from was the budget. Yeah, I know the other ones were made on a lower budget, but they were only made, you know, maybe one a year. This one, they cranked out three in two weeks. And by no means are you actually going to probably get a film, you know, by maybe one of the three, will be close to what those originals were but in this one I thought there was an opportunity for them to do one really decent maybe reboot you know revitalize the franchise and then if that picks up do two more uh but the fact that they did 3 back to back I think really hurt my enjoyment of this because it's very obvious how how pushed through and rushed the entire production was you know, and that comes across on screen. And when you start noticing that more so than the material that's being presented on screen, uh, I think that's where you run into the problem. Now, there are, as Brian mentioned, there's there's bits and pieces in here. There's gems within. There's some diamonds in the rough in here. It's just that there wasn't enough, I think, to justify three films.
0: Sure. Yeah. yeah, the only diamond in the rough I saw in this thing, and we already kind of made reference to it, was the fact... No, it was the lesbian tit-rub sequence. in, in part <laughs> That was the diamond in the rough. Even though I complained that it was just literally overlaying and reusing footage with some tit-rubbing, it was the best part of this entire experience because it's the <laughs> only part that really made me smile the entire time. So, Scott...
3: Was this worth it? I will say this. I, every single, uh, the exploitation films we see these days are $200 million <laughs> and they're CGI and they're big event movies. And they try to please everybody. I appreciate that. There are still B movies that know their B movies. Uh, most B movies, they don't know their B-movies. They try to look like the A-movies, and they come off as bland, as boring these days. These movies don't do that. They're filled with sex. I'll bet they'd be filled with violence if they had the creativity or the cre- uh, resources to afford it. I like that these movies exist, but they so often – they turn out so terribly. These films were horrible. They were awful. They were painful to sit through. But was this worth it? absolutely absolutely and you know, I'll tell you why it'll bring a tear to your eye <laughs> i already
0: have many tears in my eyes
3: <laughs> it'll bring a tear ahead. to your no do you know why it it was worth it think back to how i started on astro radio z a few years ago i started i think on the uh i think i started on the 31 days of horror I think soon after that was the uh, death of the video store, which happened to coincide with the death of my video store uh, that I was working at. And then after that, there was the Witchcraft series. That was the first series I was ever on. It was kind of made me like it was the first one where I'm like, oh, I felt part of the crew, even though I was kind of the new guy there. And I will always cherish that. I always will associate, as bad as those movies were, as and as much of an ordeal as those first 13 were to sit through, I will always, <laughs> always, always, I will associate that with uh, meeting up with you guys and becoming part of this crew. And I love you guys. I think you're all awesome. I really do. Um... And I'm just so thankful to be a part of this show. So when they announced that there was going to be a 14, 15, and 16, all the rest of you were just like, oh, God, no. And I was like, yes, because this was a return. It felt like I was going back in time to when I was that new kid on the block. And, like, I don't know what I'm getting into with these movies. I don't know what I'm getting into with this crew, but I'm kind of digging it. (laughs) and i will always associate it with that these films were horrible the movies themselves oh they're shit i have nothing positive to say but it was absolutely worth it because it gives me a chance to talk about how shitty they were with this crew. And that is awesome. And I will love it. I will always love that. And I will look forward to hopefully God willing, many days in the future.
0: Oh, Your sweetheart, Scott, Uh, (laughs) far nicer things that, I mean, you guys were downright giddy that we were doing this episode. There well, were was. all of you were. Don't just it wasn't just you, Scott. You should have seen what Mark the movie man was texting me.
3: This <laughs> boy was ready. That surprises me. Don't lie, Mark.
0: <laughs> I, I did text you
4: quite a bit. Are we doing it this? Are we doing it this week? Are we doing this it today? Is- are, are we awesome? We're not wait. What? Oh, we're not. Oh, oh you next Wednesday.
0: Oh, oh my dear God. Oh, my dear God. So anyways, uh, thank you, Scott. I'm going to go over to Dustin because not only is he a super fan, he also was really jacked for this episode because he actually joined us and listened to all these episodes. And we got into contact because of these episodes. So I'm very, <laughs> very excited to hear um, ultimately, Dustin, was this worth it waiting to get these three movies?
2: You know every everything regarding it, I think was worth it. Um, you know it, witchcraft it brought everyone together you know it's a powerful thing. So uh, you know i I'm always happy to go back and visit you know the world of witchcraft. Every year I always watch the, every witchcraft movie leading up to Halloween. I always touch <sighs> the Nights of Witchcraft this year. It'll be the 16 Nights of Witchcraft. And I finish out Halloween with the final installment. I oh, God, that
0: it. sounds so sad. That sounds... <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so sorry, Dustin. I'm so sorry you do that.
2: I love the world. I love the characters. You know, it's <laughs> No one was more pumped than me when I heard there was a 14, 15, and 16 happening. Like, oh, God. You know, these nine years of waiting with nothing, you know, and are they the best? No. Are they, the, you know, the best of the series? Absolutely not. But uh, they have their moments. I think, you know, there was, there were bits of ambition here and there. There were some amusing performances, uh, you know, they're not going to be remembered as classics, but I I enjoy them I, I do really enjoy them and you know they they put a smile on my face
0: see that makes it all worthwhile oh. to wow. me um, I know Dustin you and I were talking back and forth not only after our last episode ended but immediately once these were announced you and I were talking yes. about this and um, it If I were to say that I was excited about this, I would be totally lying to you. I'd be totally lying to every one of my listeners. I was dreading this. I did not enjoy watching the witchcraft movies. I think if anything has been proven through the course of my podcast, which we are literally two episodes away from 100... Which is shocking to me that I would even have a hundred episodes of this podcast that I would stick it out and have literally <laughs> this episode's gonna probably end up being like three hours long because how much we blather, and now I'm gonna have to go talk to Glenn about these movies again, so who knows how long that's gonna go on for? It probably won't go on for very long because all Glenn will be saying is. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> the entire time, but I have talked a lot about a lot of things in these franchise episodes. Have driven me to drink. I am just like I I'm done with these really shitty franchises that go on forever. I just like they never turn out good. I end up sounding like I'm some angry crotchety old man on his porch telling kids to get off his fucking lawn. I. I don't like feeling like I, I want to yell and like I've been insulted about movies because I like watching movies. I like watching shitty exploitation movies. I love watching stuff that most people think is horrible until I encounter something I think is horrible. <laughs> and these movies are horrible. I, I, I can't say that this was worth it at all. All These <laughs> movies sucked. There's <laughs> no, no delays about it, but I, I kind of knew it going into it. When you ever hear that they're going to be shooting things back to back to back, and we talked about this on the Puppet Master series this year, you know there's going to be major compromises in that production. The things are going to be sped up. The, the production schedule is going to be sped up. People are going to be stretched thin. On lo- on no-budget films, the crews are, are very small, and a lot of people are wearing a lot of hats, so things fall between the cracks, and you just know that the productions are going to be compromised. And then when you hear it only costs $9,000 to make three movies, <laughs> you know these movies suck. And I wasn't looking forward to these because I just knew right away when I heard the announcement of what these movies were going to be, how they were being shot. And I just there was I had no hope for them, none at all. And they delivered. They delivered exactly what I thought they were going to be. So I am hoping I know this isn't going to be the case. They'll make 25 of these movies by time I die. I'm hoping I die before that point <laughs> but I I just I hope they end this we don't need any more witchcraft movies if we do please Jerry Pfeiffer don't be involved with these fucking movies please don't be involved with these movies <sighs> I don't know how you resurrect this there is no resurrection of a ship there is no ship what is, what fucking good movie is is there in this damn series? There's none, none. So not to keep going on and on like a crotchety old man, uh, this wasn't worth it. I wouldn't rem- recommend a single one of my listeners to watch any of these movies. So yep, there's there's my two cents. Don't watch Witchcraft 14 through 16. Don't watch witchcraft 1 through 13. <laughs> go go watch The Void. That's all I got to say about that. Stop this. I'm done with this nonsense. Right here is where we are going to go and listen to what our one member that wasn't able to be on this show has to say about these movies. Let's go over to Glenn Bittner. And here, all the different types of size he has for witchcraft, fourteen through sixteen. So Glenn, we're walking in to this witchcraft 14 through 16 nonsense we've been warning everybody for three years about this shit when you were walking in even before you started watching this shit what were you i know you're more like me i have a feeling where i was not looking forward to watching these things whatsoever were you no no
9: there's there are there's cheesy movies and and bad movies that i like to watch um uh, I mean, examples, like a lot of the post-apocalyptic stuff, I'm I'm much happier to watch that type of bad movie than I am to watch shitty horror. Um, just because I've... Th- there aren't a lot of great post-apocalyptic movies. There really aren't. Uh, there's really just like a handful of really great ones. There's like some good ones, but there's a lot of kind of bad ones. But when it comes to horror, I think there's a lot more great horror out there. And seeing seeing... Some of the great stuff they've done with it and and traditionally you can do horror on a lower budget than you can like something like a mad max,
0: well, absolutely,
9: uh, so yeah. so you know you can you have you have to have a stronger story uh if you're not gonna have effects to go with it, and the, the effects is you just ride the effects and you just get you know paranormal activity seventy four um, <laughs> and <laughs> fuck man, it's. I mean, it's like they wrote a treatment for this, and then just said, "Yeah, we don't actually need to finish the script. We're good."
7: <laughs> we're good not.
9: Um, my friend said we could use their their yoga studio for for two weeks. Let's <laughs> let's shoot a movie. No, I'm sure that's let's what shoot, it is, dude. Let's shoot three movies in two weeks.
0: I well, mean, supposedly I, we were because we had Dustin Hubbard on, who was um. He's been involved. He's that super fan that has yeah. the, the fan page. Yeah. And he actually knows uh, most of the people that are involved from a production standpoint, like Jerry Pfeiffer and uh, David Sterling and the director and a bunch of the cast and stuff like that. And he said to us on the episode that not only were these films shot in two weeks, the budget for all three of them was $9,000
9: fuck did did none of the actors get paid
0: (laughs) (laughs) i bet you it's one of those gimmicks where it's like well this will look great on your reel um
9: (laughs) well it it might if what you're auditioning for is puppet master 15 yeah yes this might look great on your reel hey we're doing another vice academy movie hey i was in witchcraft 16 Well, okay, so this might be, you know, a step sideways, but, you know, you
0: would still. Right. You go into that audition, and you hand your resume, and they look down at it. You sit down in that chair across from the producers and the director, and they sit and look at this, and they go, "Mm, Oh, this is, oh, Witchcraft 16. Okay. Well, thanks for coming in. Yeah, It was nice meeting you.
9: Yeah. I mean, maybe someone says, you know what we want to do is, so we want someone who can stand naked and do the, um, all I want for Christmas is my true front teeth. <laughs> want someone to sing that for us, uh, naked. So can you do that? And someone will be like, well, I have a reel where you can at least see how I sound. I'm sorry. See how I sound. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, not to, you know, bash someone because of, of, you know, the, the fact that they have a gap in their teeth, but just it'd be different if she could act. Um. <laughs> She was a better actress. I mean, and actually, she's probably one of the better actresses in this.
0: Are you talking uh, about the the lead, the one that played Rose? Uh, not Rose, the uh,
9: like the quote unquote friend of Rose, the the brunette with the the big gap in her teeth
0: who whistled oh. she talked. Yeah, ta- the Tara character.
9: Yeah, uh, Tara. Um, the the feeling I kind of got is this, so. I mean, I liked a lot of a lot of like you know B movie. B movies in general. When I was younger, growing up, I watched so many of them. I watched all the shock theater stuff. So I mean, mm. I have I have a fondness for 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 B movies and, and B movie horror. I do, um, but I, I watch stuff like this. And I mean, you'll have the fanboys who will you know, whenever someone like does a remake or they they make something new and then you know, or they they make something that's similar, something they had as a child. They're like, oh, George Lucas shit on my childhood, and I'm always kind of like, you know your childhood still exists, but this kind of feels like not so much that someone or kind of like someone's shit on my childhood, but then they made me eat it too. They made yeah. me eat that steaming pile of crap. And I just, and I, for whatever reason, I just said, well, okay, just because they told me to, because I'm a fucking moron who watched these three movies and watched two of them twice because I had to Ugh. refresh myself. <laughs> Trust
0: me. We all did. All of us um, did.
9: <laughs> and you know, I mean, I, I, I like to give credit to people who at least go out there and try. But I mean, some of this is just like, how much did you try this? This this is this is nothing but just trying to get a quick money grab for a couple of people. Yeah, that's all it is.
0: You got to wonder um, how much money they actually got out of this, because the the audience can't be too big for these movies. It can't.
9: But I mean, making up nine thousand dollars in three films Because, I mean, you know, you'll have something, I mean, you'll have something somewhere that will pick it up, and then people will just see it, and they'll be like, what's this? Or they'll be like, oh, you know, and it might take them years to make that money back. But someone's be like, oh, they made some new witchcraft movies. Those were pretty bad, but I'll check them out, you know, at 99 cents or whatever the fuck ever, you know, they're going to charge for these. Um, I don't know. I just, it's, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, More like, yeah man, it's I mean, rough. It is. It really is. Oh my God! Just the thing is, is you you have some people who do have who. I think if given a, a decent story and stuff, I think some of these people could do an okay job acting. Leroy, uh, what is uh, the guy who plays Detective Garner, yeah, and Detective Lutz, they're not terrible actors. They're not no, good, not at all. but but they're they're decent actors. But I mean, the script for this is just oh my god. Now, on the opposite spectrum, Ryan Cleary, who plays Bill Spanner, oh dear lord. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think it was um, the consensus that he was easily not only the worst actor in these movies, but the worst Will Spanner we've ever seen. Yeah,
9: he's, he's, he's the worst actor in, in all of these. He's the worst Will Spanner we've seen. And not just from uh, an acting standpoint, but just from the fact of what does he fucking do? It's, and it's the thing. It's, it's so much of this. It's like, oh, yeah, it's like we have to have Will Spanner. Why? Because it's a witchcraft movie, but he doesn't do shit. Eh, but he's got to be in there, you know, so we can just, you know, pop up and say something in a mild tone voice and do finger powers and do a little, little bit of finger powers, uh, you know, and just, I mean, the whole yoga thing, which in a way I can kind of see because there is, um, cause I actually, I started doing yoga last year. Yeah. And, you know, I, I did some research on it right before I started doing it, you know, to look stuff up and Holy shit. Is there like a lot of like a serious movement of the whole, how, you know, yoga leads to demonic possession and how yoga is evil and, you know, it's going against God's
0: will and all that well, stuff. Well, it's there's spirituality tied yeah. to it because you're becoming one with your body. And yeah. It's also kind of a form of transcendental med- meditation in yeah. some aspects.
9: Yeah. So, I mean, I can kind of see that, you know, it's not a terrible idea to tie those together, especially if you're trying to play yourself off as, you know, white magic type thing, you know, it's like, Hey, we're the good guys. Come practice yoga and, and get centered oh, oops, we're not the good guys. We're actually kind of fucking evil. I guess we lied to you, which is what evil people do. <laughs> um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of bad people, you know, in, in the real world and in movies, they don't just like pop up and say, hey, I'm evil. No, it's, it's, they, they play tricks and they, they lure you in. I mean, some are just like, fuck it. I'm a kid who drowned them. i have machete now and I'm going to chop you up. That's fine. Um, but yeah, it's, it's like they had not a terrible premise but had no clue what to do with
0: it. I I'm wondering, and this is what we kind of talked about on the episode too, is that it's another one of these cases like Puppet Master, where these things were shot back to back to back, and they were it was one story stretched. Yeah. So the first movie just kind of felt like nothing, like it was just a lead up to something. I mean, between this and Fifteen, do you do you think there was even a full story there? No,
9: no, no. Um, Especially watching 16, you know what 16 is? This could have been, you know, these 14 and 15 could have been like 10 minutes worth of actual shit going on as a just part of 16. You know, you kind of like
0: a, like the intro, like like it was a double cross kind of like a cycle thing where you start off with one thing and then it turns into something else entirely. Yeah, exactly.
9: I mean, you could add this little 10, 15 minute setup and then you switch and then you switch gears and boom, you're into the story of sixteen. Instead, we get just a mess that doesn't really accomplish a whole lot.
0: did you did you feel really insulted? By the fact that the first two films, other than actually watching these, but I mean, insulted by the fact that the first two films felt like they were leading to something like a conclusion and then the third film is just, it just shits all over that?
9: Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm like, what the fuck? What the actual fuck? I mean, there there needs to be something called slap-a-vision where I can watch something and when it's so utterly bad, I can just hit a button and anyone who was involved in that production gets a slap, <laughs> <laughs> just like just like this glowing hand appears and slaps him.
0: Um, <laughs> that would be the weirdest, most random thing. Figure the director's just having a nice meal with his grandparents, and then all of a sudden he just recoils in pain because somebody virtually yeah. slaps him.
9: <laughs> yeah, and I mean you know like like D- David uh, was it Palmeiri the yep. guy who directed this. I mean yeah he could slap from time to time because there are a lot of people watching this. Someone like Ui Boll. I mean, the dude would be looking like he's having an epileptic seizure all the time because it'd be <laughs> nothing but slapping. So you made like a three-hour trailer. <laughs> you made a three-hour trailer for your for your you know hundred and ten-minute movie. That's what this is. This is a three-hour trailer or setup, you know, or just flashback. This could be like a, this could be like a dream sequence, practically, or just yeah, just that little. Here's five minutes of what what this is. Oh wait, that's not what it is. This is all bullshit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I mean, compared to the rest of the series, where would you put this?
9: I mean, as bad as some of the some of the films in the rest of the series were, I it's like I can't even fit this into that.
0: Um, you think it's even worse than part nine? Yeah. because now. 16 no
9: is not worse than nine, but 14 and 15 are because of the fact that it's it's it it's should be five minutes long and it's pointless. It's it's they po- lead to point- like there's pointless. no
0: conclusion.
9: There's no conclusion, there's there's like nothing. And you and the worst thing is is that not only is there no conclusion, then you go into 16 thinking that they're gonna wrap this shit up and they're like nope. We're just going to take a dump on your head because that's, you know, obviously you like being shit on a lot um, because you sat through three hours of it and you came back for another helping.
0: I agree with you. I do think these are worse than part nine. I, yeah. I really do. When I sat and thought about it after I watched them, I I was like, man, part nine is looking better and better <laughs> by the by the second. And then you get to 16 and it's literally just flipping you the bird. Is that kind of what you walked away from? Is that this was a complete and utter waste of your time? Yeah.
9: And, and I, I will add, if I didn't have one and a half speed, I'd be driving to wherever these people live.
0: Oh, so not, I, I don't really know how much more we could talk about this, but when when all is said and done, what would your final thoughts be on all three of these movies? Because I don't think it's a, it's uh Necessary to break these down the way we did in the episode. Uh, because no. we've already <laughs> done that ad nauseum. I just kind of wanted you to get this all the experience off of your chest. So when all is said and done, what are your thoughts and would you recommend these to literally anyone that's alive? Oh no,
9: no, I would not recommend this to people I don't like. I mean, I I wouldn't recommend this to people I hate. I would be like, because I, I probably couldn't do it with a straight face. You know, you know what you should watch. You should watch that witchcraft fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. They take it to a whole new level, which they do. It's just not, you know, there are levels that are below as well. And this is, man, I mean Dante has to add a few more layers to hell um, because shit was this bad. Um, the witchcraft level. Oh yeah. Well, and 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 then and then they're like oh wait appendix, but looking at IMDb. Other fucking shit! I mean, Witchcraft fourteen has five point three on six ratings. I'm like, ha! Huh, I wonder who those six rate, who who at least some of those ratings were. Witchcraft sixteen has a six point six.
0: Should it be a shocker to anyone that there are no reviews out there on the internet for these movies? We Zero. may be the first. There may so. we may be the first ones and legitimately covering these holes. movies.
9: Yeah, because, I mean, I read, like, on Dread Central and stuff about how, you know, it's like, they're making three new movies! And that was, like, a couple months ago, and no one followed up, because somebody at Dread Central probably watched it and said, oh, fuck, no. No, I just... And the thing is, is, you know, I mean, I like bitching about stuff, but I like bitching about stuff that I like more than I do about just ripping on stuff that's bad. Yeah. I like taking films I love and just ripping them to shreds, um, because I love the stuff so much, and I want it to be better. Um, I mean, you know, it's. I mean, I enjoy Aliens. I ripped the shit out of that movie. Um, I mean, there's lots of horror films I love, and I rip them apart. There's movies, every every movie I've ever watched, I can find something to 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 deconstruct and tear apart, and say this part was fucking. What were they thinking here? But just you know, it's it gets tiresome when when you're struggling to find something good to say. Because that's what I try to do on my channel now when I do my reviews, as seldom as I do them. But I, I don't want to review a movie where I can't at least say something positive. Yeah. And with this one, it's just it's just hard. And, you know, I mean, when you can say that, well, okay, these people in something else, you know, like Berner Roberts and Leroy on, I mean, they might be fine in something else. But, you know, I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to want to buy, you know, a bag of cement from Ryan Cleary. well and and it it makes me feel bad too because i mean for all i know ryan clearly clearly is a really nice guy for all i know he could be a genuinely nice guy i mean the dude was on glee for like two episodes he was on entourage the guys acted in stuff so it's like i'm like wondering like was he like purposely fucking this or is ever the role he's been been a non-speaking one which can't be true because he was in Grand Theft Auto
0: <laughs> so he had to talk for that you don't have a mute person do work for a video game dude i'm i would love to sit and talk to somebody involved in the production and find out legitimately how these were made i mean are how do you go how do you get into the frame of mind to say okay i have to make 3 movies I have $9,000. I have a, a... Let's be honest. There's a huge cast of people in these movies. Yeah. Like, how do you go into that with a good outlook In and try and produce anything that isn't just shit? You're, yeah. you're like crippled. You're kneecapped immediately. Yeah.
9: Oh, yeah. I, it, it, if that's the budget, it can't have been much of a paycheck. And I can't see like a few of these people like this was the, you know, this was their great choice for doing something like, yeah, let's do these movies. It's like, I mean, did they look at a script or did they just say someone just approached them like in a back alley, Hey, want to be in three witchcraft movies? And they're like, yeah, I'm pretty drunk. Why not? And I feel bad for some of the people that worked on it because of the fact that, I mean, for, you know, I mean, were were they told what this thing was going to be. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be great to talk to some people who are actually involved with it and find out, you know, is this what, is it what you signed up for? You know, I mean, yeah, I would like to talk to like, you know, Bernard Roberts who's done a lot of stuff. and done like yeah. actual, like fairly some, some fairly decent movies. I mean, decent size movies has done TV and stuff. I mean, and be like, uh, is this what you signed up for? Or was it like a shit show and you just, you know, for whatever level of integrity you felt or something you would like, I have to finish it. no and and it could be a simple thing too it's like you know it's like they're friends with you know uh the director who's like hey can you guys do me a solid i need some people for this you know it'll be like yeah like you said it'll be like two days and we'll you know you're in and out yeah just no i can't i can't recommend that to anyone which is weird for me to say because i mean a lot of films i i mean you know i'll say like you know if you're a completionist You know, if you really, really love, you know, the first nine, ten movies, whatever, sure. But, you know, no, I just can't with these. And it's it makes me sad because there's it was the same feeling I had with with the the last book of Puppet Master films where I'm like, you know, I just I can't really recommend them because it's just it's they're just trying to grab money is all they're trying to do that. They weren't trying to make something good. I mean, not even not even, you know, cheesy, bad, good. I think the big thing is that it's three films instead of one. I I think as one film, it wouldn't have been good, but it would have probably been in the middle of the witchcraft films. As far as, as far as this overall, you know, how good or bad it was. If, if, if they had, if they had gotten someone half as, a 10th as talented as whoever did the artwork for some of the cover work. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, and that's the thing is people are going to look at this. uh, I'm going to look at this cover and be like, fuck, that looks cool. I, I might even miss the fi- you know the 16 where I just see Witchcraft, Hollywood Coven. Fucking cover's awesome. It's got some chick there holding like a skull, fill, you know, the top cut off, covered in blood. I'll check that out. Yeah. That
0: cover is awesome. Both yeah. for Blood Rose and for Hollywood Coven, those are paintings that yeah. look awesome in traditional and in grand Witchcraft fashion. Those two are awesome covers. Yeah. yeah.
9: 14? No.
0: Ugh, <laughs> uh, bad news so all right glenn thank you for doing this
7: <sighs> yep <laughs> yep
0: You've survived 15 hours of witchcraft, 14 through 16 discussion. And here's the portion of the show where all of my guests shamelessly chill the fuck out of you. Let's start off with my dear friend, Mr. Brian Kirst. Please chill for my audience.
6: Chill oh, for your audience. Uh, check out Big Gay Horror Fan on Facebook and also Zombie Bathhouse. It's a rock musical of zombies that takes place in a gay bathhouse. We're opening uh, this coming October in Chicago and, uh, be pretty fucking cool. So check up with those things. Awesome. Scott Davis
3: dot uh, com. that's where you can read my stuff i'm gonna probably be writing some more stuff pretty soon on that uh also you can catch my web series Movieocracy, which i hope to resurrect soon uh but you can catch all the uh back episodes at vimeo.com slash channel slash and uh yeah i really gotta pee right now so
0: yeah. <laughs> well why don't you go, <laughs> go do that and we'll let mark the movie man <laughs> shell his ass off
4: <laughs> well, you can find my stuff at specialmarkproductions.com. Uh, also, I do written reviews on We Live Entertainment. Occasionally, I'm on Galactic Netcast doing uh, Movie Man's Movie Minute. And yeah, Special Mark Productions uh, on the YouTube channel. And you can find me at
0: Special Mark Pro on the Twitters. And last but not least, Dustin, show everything you got going on right now.
2: Uh, Yeah, you can find me on Facebook, Dustin Hubbard. Uh, Be sure and check out my uh, production page on Facebook. It's under C-word Productions is my production company. Uh, And be sure and check out the Witchcraft fan page, Witchcraft Longest Running Series in Horror, and give it a like and uh, keep an eye out for interesting witchcraft facts and uh, fun shit.
0: To end this, I, again, as I always do, I want to thank all of you guys for for putting up with me yelling and screaming like a belligerent asshole through this entire episode um i want to thank you guys for doing this with me especially brian it's been way too long brother since i've got to talk to you no man i'm really happy you got to join us with this one so thank you so much you got buddy i'm glad i was here and uh dustin Thank you for coming on. It's great to finally have you talking about witchcraft on some forum <laughs> other than other than the Facebook group. So thanks for joining. And uh, until next time, folks, grab that warlock dick and get the fuck out of here. I'm done talking about witchcraft films. See ya.
8: You can find Astro Radio Z on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, YouTube, and anywhere podcasts are found. Please, help us by subscribing, rating the show, and giving us a review. It helps us get the show out to more listeners. Also... If you would like to hear more of the show and be a more active participant, join the Astro Radio Z Facebook group and page, and join the Patreon. For only $1 a month, you get bonus episodes. Thank you for listening. See you next week Astro Zombies.